Hello, everyone, and welcome to a special edition of Weigh In Sports Talk. I'm your host, Brian Tarvin. Today, I'll be joined with the scorekeeper, and I apologize. I'm having a little technical difficulty. Go figure that. Um, we're trying to get up and running here, and apologize for being a couple of minutes late. Um, just bear with us just a moment until we get logged in. So make sure, okay, here we go. Today is a special episode, a special Friday afternoon episode. We got Roger Noriega, the scorekeeper, joining us today. And we also have Cuervo from that being said, I'm on campus with Cuervo. All right. Thanks for bearing with us, guys. We're almost to where we can start talking. I had some issues as well. I was trying to work out on the phone and realized that it was 2.04 almost. So thank you, Roger Noriega, for reminding me of the show. And I apologize for the delay. But in just a few moments, we're going to begin. Until then, uh, we're going to go to a commercial break, and we'll be right back. Have you ever seen a picture on the Internet and just think to yourself, I'd love to have that on a shirt? Or maybe you'd like your company logo on a shirt. Well, Actionware Screen Printing is the place for you. We'll print whatever design you want on any surface you desire. Just give us the idea and we'll make it happen. For more information, message us on Facebook or call Tony Williams at 817-891-6819. Actionware, where your design comes to life. And we are back and... Sorry for the inconvenience, guys. I'm still getting set up, and I'm about to bring the man himself, Roger Noriega, on. And funny thing, we talked about this morning that I hate someone being late for a show, and, and here it is, me being hypocritical. So bear with me. I've got my headset on now. I've got the chat room open. And, you know, this is our show. We can do what we want. It says on the thing, host may experience temporary drop calls. They are having issues here. So I can't take all the blame by myself, so I won't. Since Blog Talk Radio is going ahead and admitting their mistake, I'll go ahead and accept that. But let me get Roger on the phone with us, and I want to thank him again for joining us. Roger, are you there? No, I'm not, Brian. I'm not here. Well, thank you. I'm glad you're not here then. I thought I was yeah. Just, um, I'm not I'm having ticket you. issues. Yeah, I know. Uh, as a matter of fact, I was not able to uh, <clears throat> get into the program, and uh, the Skype connection is not working. I was hoping to use Skype this morning, but so be it, Brian. Let's not talk about that. We know there are issues. Hey, we're here to do a program. Good morning, Brian. Wow, wow! Isn't it a great Friday morning or afternoon for you, my brother? It is, and and quick, and I want to apologize for being late again. That was I have some tickets, football tickets I was supposed to get, but they were trying to email me the tickets, Roger, and the email wouldn't work right, the link wouldn't work, and I was getting frustrated with it. So I just said, "Hell, put that in FedEx and let's rock and roll." You yeah, know, I'll um, pay the extra matter, money. Yeah, as a matter of fact, ladies and gentlemen, I am the artist formerly known as the scorekeeper. Yes. Well, on my show, you are the scorekeeper. Well, you keep <laughs> calling me Roger, so I don't know, Brian. Brian, right? <laughs> oh, Brian, Brian, here we go. Well, you know, Cuervo likes to make an entrance, Roger, or, or scorekeeper, whatever the hell you like to be called. But anyway, Roger, <laughs> one of our 
Cuervo, Cuervo wants to make an introduction, I'm sure, and we'll talk some college football and different things when he comes in. But, Roger, I don't know if last night that you got to see Peyton Manning throw seven touchdown passes, five of those in the second half, over 300 yards in the second half. Tell us what you thought of, of Peyton Manning's performance. I mean, I thought maybe he would retire after this year, but watching him last night, hell, he might have five more years left. Brian, it was every intention to watch the game. I wasn't able to see it only because I just, uh, you know, lost track of time. I know, I admit it. And I just missed out on the game. So, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you said that. Did you see it? Looking at ESPN, looking at Major League, or I'm sorry, the NFL channel, looking at that, the highlight reel for yesterday went about three minutes, buddy. For <laughs> one guy. Oh, my goodness. I, I couldn't believe it. And, and, you know, Brian, I mean, you know, when the game is 34 to 31, you're going to have a lot of highlights. But this was just three minutes for him. It was unbelievable. Seven touchdowns. They were beautiful, dude. They were beautiful. The the, the sheriff was wow. He was uh, doing very very well. It, I I regret I didn't see the game. I missed it. It was close at halftime. They were separated by three points. It was, and and the the problem in the first half, Roger, or scorekeeper. Hell, I'm gonna I'm gonna be consistent. Whatever. I'm calling you calling you scorekeeper from here on. Um, the problem I saw with Denver is they couldn't get any pressure on the worst quarterback in the league and, and credit the offensive line. They were missing some people too, but but Denver just couldn't get a rush, and it allowed Flacco to hit the middle of the field, to move the ball, and they had some turnovers by the Broncos as well, and all of a sudden you're down at home. But I knew that hurry-up offense would start wearing down Baltimore's depleted defense, and Peyton Manning was, I mean, this was like seven on seven he was out there. That that was his world. That was his game. And I was very impressed. And I don't believe in my lifetime, and I could be wrong, that I've never seen seven touchdowns thrown in a game watching it. But I was very impressed. And, you know, the Broncos are the favorite uh, to go to the Super Bowl scorekeeper. And I think last night they showed the reason why. You know, Brian, you know, seeing the game after the fact, uh, I got to tell you that, there were there were times when I could easily have mistaken, uh, you know, Peyton Manning for the other guy that came before him. <laughs> Jeez, who was that guy? Uh, John, uh, John Elway, you know, something like that. <laughs> exactly. I, uh, he looked good in the pocket. He had that stance. He has that stature. Uh, this just reminded me of the Broncos that I grew up with, uh, a team that I really didn't like because they were that good. And, uh, Brian, they were just impressive yesterday. I do have to admit that that rookie should be benched. You celebrate once you score the touchdown. Not when you're two yards short, you idiot. Uh, Gee, what was the kid's name? Uh, Denny Trevathan? I don't know what the hell. I'll go with with what you said, but... You stole my thunder on that. I was going to give that play as, as it could have been a turning point. But the turning point, I don't know if you were watching, it was coming out of the halftime, the third quarter, Baltimore was up 17-14, Denver got the ball first, and they had to punt the ball. They were It was third down and seven or eight, and they threw an incomplete pass, scorekeeper, and it was obvious and incomplete. The referees called it a completion, but the hurry-up offense going, it didn't give them enough time to check it upstairs to, to buzz the official downstairs, 
And so the next play was like a 40-yard pass catch, and they, they went down the sidelines, went out of the bounds. A couple of plays later, they scored a touchdown. That was the momentum shift. If they had a challenge that and won, Baltimore would have gotten the ball back, scorekeeper, and it could have been a different outcome. But, but you're right. I mean, how in the world do you not go in the end zone with the ball and you throw it down? Again, that's these guys that are idiots. These players are stupid, scorekeeper. I mean, how in the world? You would be fired that day. As soon as that happened, you would have gotten your release papers. You would have been fired and, and on a plane wherever you wanted to go, but you wouldn't be in that stadium anymore. Yeah, it was embarrassing. I, I couldn't believe it. As a coach, you know, hey, I get it. You want to celebrate. This might have been your first one of the season, whatever. But, dude, uh, that, you know, you find them for that. Remember the old kangaroo courts that they used to have? Where's the captain on this team? You find him because that was a significant moment in the play or in the game. But, yeah, Brian, going back a little bit earlier to what you talked about, oh, man, that was an incomplete pass. It bounced. He did a great job of holding on to it, but uh-uh, it bounced off the ground. But, Brian, you know, I've always believed in that. I'm always frustrated when these teams lollygag back to the line. It is always a good thing. Knowing that you get a big play, you've got to run back to the line and you've got to go and run that play yep. before they can review it. Yeah, I mean, that was the – I mean, do you do you believe that there was a chance, scorekeeper, that – if they would have ruled that an incomplete and Denver punted, we could have had a, a different game, don't you think? Very good question. That's a woulda, coulda, shoulda. Uh, you know, uh, you know well, of course we would have had a different game, but I just think that that kid, uh, the sheriff, <laughs> was just <laughs> so hot. I, uh, You know, uh, he was just dialed in, baby. Look, when he threw those passes, Brian, they weren't incredible plays. The ball was there right at him. They were hot. Their timing was there. I just think you know, there would have been, uh, it would have been a higher-scoring game, if anything. Uh, but I still think Denver would have pulled that one out. They were, they were red-hot, dude. Yeah, I mean, once he got in his rhythm and these receivers, I had, believe it or not, I had three fantasy teams. And one of the teams, I had Welker and Thomas, both receivers, and they went off. And oh. So I was underdog that week, and it goes to show you you can't you can't start people on projections of these so-called idiots or experts. Excuse me. You have to look at your own lineup and use your own gut. And I used my gut feeling last night, and it actually helped me out a lot. But man, what a game it was! So I mean, Baltimore they took a big step back, but I don't know if you saw Flacco's quarterback rating was terrible last night. I mean, Manning's was like 98, and I think Flacco was in the 30s, high 30s. Uh, and I've been t- trying to tell people all along he's a terrible quarterback, not worth the money. Did your did your opinion change of him last night after watching him play? I've never considered him a top-flight quarterback. I've always considered him the caretaker quarterback that he was, but he said he was a number three uh, he was he was a top three, and last year he proved it. Now he is suffering under the weight of that massive contract, massive contract, and there's going to be some issues with him. But I, Brian, I think he's a good quarterback. The guy's a winner. Right? Look, how many rings does he have? Two or three? Uh, I think he has two. Okay, that that's not lucky. That's that's a winner. So or maybe one. Or was it one? 
Was it one? I thought, well, okay, I thought Baltimore did win before, but I guess not. But it did, but um, it was with another quarterback. But look, he he wins games and everything, and, and honestly, he looked better last night. He had some drop passes. Some of the receivers did. He looked better last night than I thought he was. So we can't put all the blame on him, right? Right. Look, when the pass is there, if the, if the receiver can't hold on to it, I mean, come on. You know, uh, you're supposed to uh, give him credit or cut him slack when the pass is over his head or behind him or whatever. But these guys are professionals. They're supposed to catch these passes. So the only blame goes to the receiver because they certainly weren't in coverage, right? They were just flat-out dropped the passes. Well, scorekeeper, we have, you know, the Cuervo on the line here, and I'm sure he's chomping at the bit to get it. The Cuervo, I call him now. The Cuervo. Wow, the Cuervo. I mean, there's the one and only Cuervo. Cuervo, are you chomping at the bit to talk about your boy Peyton Manning last night and that seven-touchdown performance? That was a performance for the ages, guys, wouldn't you say? I mean, think about it. What is he, 36, 37 years old, and he's performing at that level? Come on. I mean, you that, that's <laughs> That's big time. That's big time. You know, and, and he's a former Vol, Brian. Of course I'm going to chop him up, you know, at the bit about it. <laughs> Peyton Manning's probably the best quarterback I've ever seen. Like, throughout my childhood, watching him as I was growing up, you know, we were playing on Tennessee and the way he went to the NFL. I mean, you, you can argue that, Cuervo, that Peyton Manning could be the best quarterback of all time, really. Yeah, and I mean, you know, a lot of people will disagree with that, and, and they'll say yeah. Tom Brady's better. Well, Joe Montana mm. was definitely better. Terry Bradshaw was better. It, you know, it all it just all depends on what your definition of it is, and I'm always going to stick to that because everybody has, you know, different meanings of what it is to be the greatest. It could be Super Bowl wins. It could be yards. It could be touchdowns. I think what makes Peyton so great, guys, is – his preparation. I mean, the guy, I, I'm not even going to use the words work hard because everybody in the NFL works hard because if you didn't, then you wouldn't be in the NFL. So everybody in the NFL works hard. But mentally prepare, that's where Peyton Manning has the advantage over a lot of other uh, people, a lot of other quarterbacks. And I just think, you know, his film study, his – you know, the, the the way he studies certain players. Um, if you guys have ever watched on NFL Network the uh, top 100 players of, you know, 2013, 2012 or whatever, you know, um, it was one of the first years they did it. And John Gruden was talking about Peyton Manning. He said he knew, he knew exactly what – if you guys – I don't know if you guys remember – uh, defensive lineman Simeon Rice for the for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, back mm-hmm. when Gruden uh, coached Tampa Bay, he said that he knew Peyton studied so so much that he knew if Rice was gonna come after him or if he was gonna drop in coverage just based on his uh, his the way he would um, line up and his stance. Just, I mean, he studied it that much to where he knew little details like that. So, I mean, you tell me how many quarterbacks prepare that much mentally and study that much. You're not going to find many out there. I think So I think that's what makes him so great is just his preparation. 
scorekeeper? Well, uh, guys, you know, a lot of people have the desire to rate players, and that's one thing that I won't do. They're either worthy or they're not. And Cuervo said it uh, nicely when he said, if you're in the NFL, you're worthy. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, yeah, so was Ryan Lee. But there are aberrations. Uh, if you're playing in the NFL, and, you, and, and if you play for as long as you have, you know, come on. You know, you can say a lot about this guy, and I'm not going to say whether he's the greatest or not the greatest. It doesn't matter to me. When you look at him play, this guy is awesome to watch. He's dangerous, and he's really exciting. His brother has one ring more than him. Does that mean his brother is better? Well, just like Cuervo nope. said. What? Well, what does it? What counts to you? It, Well, I mean, it really matters to me if if you're a leader. And we just dropped the scorekeeper real quick. But Cuervo, you know, you can't say Eli Manning's better. And I'm one of those. I'm not a, all about the Super Bowls. I think it's important that you get one in your career. But you can't say that Eli's better than his brother Peyton because he has more rings. That would be crazy. I don't even want to discuss that with anyone. Peyton Manning makes his brother look like a, a peewee quarterback at the moment. <laughs> right. And, you know, Brian, we mentioned this uh, about a month ago when, you know, when we did uh, that being said, when we were breaking down the uh, NFC East and we were talking about Eli Manning, we were comparing him to his brother. You, you know, and a lot of people are like, oh, you can't make this argument. Yes, you can. Put Peyton Manning in the Giants uniform. Put Eli Manning in the Colts uniform. Okay. And let's see how many, who who wins how many rings then. And what I mean by that is, you know, the the Colts' defense was nothing even close to some of those defenses that the Giants had with Strahan and Tuck and Osu Minora and all these other guys that just dominated the line. If Peyton Manning had half the defense that Eli Manning had to back him up and to help him out, Manning would have five rings right now. Oh, no, I totally agree. Yeah, you're the one that said it too, that – you know, if Peyton Manning was had gotten drafted by the New York Giants and had the team that he had, he'd have five Super Bowl rings at least. So, I mean, I think, you know, you can't – a lot of people say you can't do that. Why not? Why not switch him? Why not say put Eli in Indianapolis and, and, and Peyton in New York? And let's say who's successful then. So, I just think, you know, playing on Colts teams with mediocre defenses – I think Peyton Manning did pretty good for, for as successful as the Colts were in his time in Indianapolis. Yeah, exactly. And, guys, I want to have some fun on this show, and there's a lot of gamblers that listen to the show, and the NFL is the most bet sport times a million than anywhere in history. And what I want to do is go through the games real quick, the matchups, give the point spread, give your winner – and why? I mean, if you, if you if you're taking the Jets, tell me why real quick. And is that okay with you, scorekeeper? Are you comfortable uh, with that? You'll find out how good I am or how bad I am. Which Cuervo should be nice about that because he always wins at my expense. <laughs> well, this is all about fun, and this is your expert opinion. So, Roger, uh, scorekeeper, <laughs> just 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 think you you could you could get some guy losing his his mortgage payment off your advice here. He could go broke, lose his marriage, lose his family. Uh, you never know. So, be careful what you pick here, Cuervo. So, starting off at the top, uh, Sunday game, New England on the road at Buffalo. Some people think it's going to be a tough game. 
EJ Manuel, the rookie, will be starting. At least he's at home. Cuervo, who do you like? New England's favorite, ten and a half points. Ten and a half for New England. Uh, the game is in Buffalo. I'm still going to go. I, I think I'm still going to go. You know what? No, I'm going to go Buffalo. I think it's going to be a little clear just because of, you know, you don't know what the offense is going to do in New England. You know, you don't know how it's going to look. And, yes, you have Tom Brady, but at the same time, he's got a whole, you know, a whole new receiving core. Uh, so we just don't know how good the chemistry is yet. So I think the Pats win. It's just not going to be by ten and a half. All right, scorekeeper, who do you like? Well, first of all, I want to thank you for putting all the weight on me, and I want to tell everyone who's listening, listen to Cuervo and listen to Brian. Just listen to me for entertainment value. Don't bet your house or anything on me, because I couldn't live with myself in two if you're going to bet on what I'm going to say. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. (laughs) But anyway... uh, I think New England is going to take this one. Uh, you still have the quarterback. They've had time to work with their receiving core. There's going to be some issues with them. But look, I'd rather have Tom Brady than a rookie. Come on. And I I think this is an easy game to call. There's no snow that I know of. So it's going to, you know, New England is even in colder weather than Buffalo. So it's almost like they're playing at home. So I'm going to take New England. I don't, um, since they have a rookie quarterback, it, it might be more than the 10 points. I think they're easily going to score more than 10 points to win on this one. And it'll be over by halftime. Okay, well, you know, I like New England in this game. I I, just, I, I have no confidence in the rookie, E.J. Manuel, really, even though he's at home. I look for them. I, I don't like New England's defense either, but I think it really helps them having a rookie quarterback in Buffalo. I like them to cover the spread, and uh, – I think they'll win by at least 14 points. So Tom Brady is still Tom Brady, and he's going to be on the field a lot in that hurry-up offense. They don't huddle. So I look forward to wear Buffalo down. And Buffalo's beaten them in the past, right, guys? First game of the year uh, in Buffalo like this. So I'm going to go with New England, guys. Call me crazy. So the scorekeeper and I are against you, Cuervo. So we'll see how that works out. In the second game, a little closer game, Tennessee Titans on the road at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's favored seven, Cuervo. Uh, Give us your thoughts on this game. I find this an intriguing matchup. Yeah, I do too, Brian. I just, you know, again, Pittsburgh has no running game, and that's going to make them one-dimensional. So, I mean, as long as the Titans can recognize that, then they can kind of – they can allow this game to go their way, and they can dictate it. the only thing that needs to happen for the Titans is, you know, Jake Locker needs to, uh, you know, play a good game. Uh, you know, the defense of the Steelers is kind of old, but it's still good. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think I like I think I like the Steelers. You know, seven points isn't a lot, and uh, you know, the Titans just they're I don't think they're very talented. You know, with the exception of Chris Johnson. Other than that, they really don't have any anything or anybody that that, you know, you can really consider a threat. So I like the Steelers just because of, you know, the defense and inexperience at quarterback with Locker. What about you, scorekeeper? This game is going to be – you know, I'm thinking that there could be an upset, but I'm still going to – if it's going to be an upset, it's going to be early on. I think this game is going to go down to the wire – 
Pittsburgh is at home. They have the benefit of being at home. Look, if Jake Locker can control the game and Chris Johnson comes to play, there could be an upset on this one. And even though Pittsburgh's at home, you know, uh, yeah, you know what? I, I, I'm i going to have to go with Tennessee on this one. They're not talented, but this is not the Pittsburgh of old either. Uh, I'm going to have to lean there's an outside chance that Tennessee is going to upset Pittsburgh. If they're going to do it. They're going to do it all on game one. And I want to interrupt, ladies and gentlemen, breaking news right now. Did you guys get it? No. Hey, hold, on, hold on. Peyton Manning in a car wreck. He broke his arms and his legs. Close. <laughs> no. Aaron Hernandez has pleaded innocent. Wow. Well, actually, he pleads not guilty on all charges in the murder of Odin Lloyd. And this is coming in as we speak right now. So just wanted to throw that in you. It's official. He's calling himself an innocent man. Corvo, I'm going to go with Tennessee. Oh, sorry. Oh, you're fine. Three three hosts working together is fun. <laughs> he, can, he can call himself not guilty all he wants, but when you take pictures of guns in the mirror and – you have video of you pulling up to your driveway, and yeah, yeah, you were just running to the store to buy something to drink, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm tired of this story anyway. He, we know he's guilty. He knows he's guilty. He just needs to to admit it and repent to the Lord, and hopefully he'll forgive him of his sins. But Cuervo, I'm going to shock you here. I'm with I'm with Roger again, two in a row. I like the Titans to cover the spread. I don't know if they'll win that game. I think it'll be tough, but they're they're very capable. Chris Johnson, and you never know how they play. So I'm going to take seven points and and buy the half if I'm if I'm allowed to. If you're listening out there and your bookie lets you buy half a point, I think this will be a good one to take it. Either way, if you're buying it, Cuervo down, take Pittsburgh six and a half or Tennessee seven and a half. I just like the points in this game. Well, our next game is a very intriguing matchup, and I, I really think we'll differ our opinions on this one. And I'll start with you, Cuervo. The Falcons, the 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 champions of this division last year, on the road at New Orleans, a three point underdog. So the Saints are favored at home. What are your thoughts on this? And they should be. Um, you know, last year, uh, I think the Falcons were what, nine and no before New Orleans ended it uh, in New Orleans. And that was without Sean Payton and that was with the, historically the worst defense in the NFL. Now they have Sean Payton back, and their defense should be better. So I like the Saints uh, to win probably, I'm going to say by probably six or seven. So take the Saints in this one. All right, scorekeeper, let's see if me and you can stay on track together. Well, that's going to be interesting. Uh, Cuervo, I want to go back. Did you you pick Buffalo for that game, Buffalo? Because I'm writing it down now. I figure we Yeah, no, I I took I definitely took Buffalo, guys. Okay. So then you also took the Steelers and uh okay. On this one, Cuervo, it looks like I'm going to go with you on this one. They're at home. Uh I like the Saints. Everything is back to normal. All the drama that happened last year, that's over and done with. Brand new season, the team is back together. Uh the Saints are at home. The Falcons, I think are a superior team to them, honestly. But the Saints are at home, and I always like home cooking. So I'm going to go with the Saints on this one. 
Yeah, and there's a lot of emotion in this game. Sean Payton's coming back, and, and Drew Brees is an upper echelon quarterback, guys. He's right up there with Peyton Manning and, and Tom Brady, in my opinion. And you know how bad that hurt him last year, going through that, losing after he's won a Super Bowl a few years back. I think this is his game. I think he's better than Matt Ryan, and I think he's a better leader. And I think, like Cuervo said, with Peyton being back, it's going to make a big difference. I like New Orleans as well to get it done, and I'm thinking – you know, 10 points, something like that, a 38-28 game. I like the Saints to cover, so we're all in agreement on that one. So, let's, so scorekeeper, let's see how many we all agree on. That's the first one. And now this is a fun game, Tampa Bay on the road at the New York Jets. Tampa Bay's <laughs> favored four and a half points. And, and after watching Geno Smith play Cuervo, I, I, I like Tampa in this one. I'll go ahead and tell you, just – just right off the bat, I just don't think there's any way Geno Smith can get it done against Tampa Bay. B-U-C-S, Bucks, Bucks, Bucks. <laughs> totally disrespected the whole Jet Nation. And you know what? For good reason. <laughs> They're the, going to be the – I'm telling you, I'm sticking to it throughout the whole season. Hey, if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. The Jets are going to be the worst team in the NFL. They're going to get the number one pick, and they'll probably screw it up and not take Jadavian Clowney, but – you know what? They don't need him. So if the Jets get the number one pick, they probably shouldn't do that. They need offense. And that's, you know, that's that's why they're. I'm not going to pick them for any game this year. And even point spread, nothing. I'm taking Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, I have zero, absolute zero love for the Jets. I think I'm against, this is the most I've ever been against a team in my life. So, uh, definitely Tampa Bay wins. Well, scorekeeper, it's a four-and-a-half-point spread. Tampa Bay is favored four-and-a-half. Are you going to take the Jets being the home team in this? You know, it's interesting because Freeman really wasn't an effective uh, quarterback in the preseason. But, guys, as far as the preseason goes, that's what you do in practice. You work out the kinks. Uh, when you look at the defense that Tampa Bay has, they only – I mean, they they had under 30 sacks last year. That's not very good. So going into this game, Tampa Bay against the Jets, looking at the numbers, it should be the Jets. But I'm going to go with Tampa Bay on this one. Uh, I think the Jets have way too many issues. Uh, Look, guys, I'm going to take a Sanchez on this one, and I'm going to choose the Buccaneers. There's no doubt about it. So I'm with you guys on this one. And you guys, you remember that, Brian? Who said that? I'm going to take a Sanchez on this one. Yep, that was you. Oh, well, no, I I thank you. But, no, it was someone in one of your groups. They said, "Uh, guys, I got to go. I'm going to go take a Sanchez. (laughs) Like, wow. That That sounds like Jonathan. That sounds like Jonathan. I don't think it was Jonathan. It was someone else in one of your groups. I'll find out. But, look, yeah. I mean, the Jets are going to be lucky to score a touchdown in this game. The over-under is 39-and-a-half. I don't see Tampa Bay just running wild on them either. I'm looking at something like a a 20-to-9 game, maybe 20-to-6. I think Tampa Bay takes care of business on the road. So we're all in agreement. And guys <laughs> out there listening, if all three of us agree, I think I would use that as a bet. Just, I mean, if I was looking at all the games, so far we have the Saints over the Falcons and now the Tampa Bay Bucks over the Jets. So, Cuervo, here's a team I'm high on as well as you. I believe the Kansas City Chiefs on the road against a terrible Jacksonville team. Kansas City's favored four and a half. Give us your uh, opinion on this game. 
You know, uh, Brian, um, as much as I like the Chiefs this year, I, I'm not, you know, I'm not quite sure what you're going to get out of them yet, you know. And in Jacksonville's the same thing. Now, quick question: Do you guys know if Blaine Gabbert is back? Is he going to be back for this game, or yeah. are they sticking, or are they going with Chad Henney? He is probable. Blaine Gabbert is listed as probable, so that means he will be playing. Hmm. You know what? As much as I like the Chiefs, guys, I think I think I've got to go Jacksonville because I'm not. I just I just don't know how it's how the Chiefs are going to look yet. You know, I mean, a lot of people read into the preseason too much, and the preseason indicator of anything. Well, I guess the Washington Redskins are going to win the Super Bowl because. They went 4-0 in the preseason, but we all know that's not going to happen. So um, I'm actually going to surprise you guys, and I'm I'm actually going to take the Jacksonville Jaguars because I feel like with a new head coach and new quarterback and things like that, I don't know what you're going to get from the Chiefs just yet. I like them overall as far as the season's concerned, but for game one, week one, uh, I don't know yet. And I, I honestly feel like you know a little bit more uh, as far as what you're going to get out of the Jaguars because we've seen Blaine Gabbert. We've seen MJD. Uh, we've seen these guys play together in the regular season. So I, I'm actually going to, like I said, uh, it's a shocker, but I'm going to go. I'm going to actually take Jacksonville. Whether, wow. Okay, sorry. No, you're fine. Go ahead. I was going to ask you. I mean, I'm shocked. Um, whether Gabbert plays or not, Chad Henney is the quarterback, right? Uh, yes. Okay, thanks for that. All right. Um, I'm not going to stray very far on this one either, guys. I think the Chiefs are an up-and-coming team, but they've got a gel, and I'm not impressed. Uh, you know, even though they, they were decent in the preseason, again, the preseason just – look, the only thing I care about in the preseason is if they're 4-0. If they're 4-0, why are they? you got a whole bunch of kids busting their butt to make that team. And then you have another team that's 0-4, and you're like, okay, those are the veterans. They're just getting into shape. That's understood. But when you have a team that just eh, gets through preseason, you don't know what you're going to get, and that's volatile. I do not like the Chiefs in Game 1. I am going to go with Cuervo. Yes, Cuervo is the shark, and I'm the cloverfish. Always has been and always will be, Cuervo. <laughs> wow. Real I'm, I'm going to go, go against both of you because I am, off what I've seen in Kansas City, I like their quarterback position better. I like their skill position, you know, Blackman for Jacksonville besides him. But I like Kansas City's defense, too. Um, I just believe they're the better team. I just don't think Jacksonville can put up enough points. Uh, to beat Kansas City, so I look for Smith to come out and score early and often and, and get past Jacksonville, so I'm against both of you, so write that down, Roger. This could be interesting, too, or scorekeeper, write that. <laughs> yes, the uh, the artist formerly known as the scorekeeper has written it down. Tarvino for the Chiefs, Cuervo and Plover for the Jaguars. <laughs> well, the the next game is, is going to be close to Cuervo's heart here, and, and I don't know. I think I think I know who he's going to pick, but this is probably, in my opinion, the best game of Sunday. You have the Bengals going on the road to Chicago, Cuervo, two teams that have huge expectations this season. What are you seeing in this one? Three-point favorite, the Bears. The Bears. Yes, yeah. and, you know, I'm I'm kind of surprised that 
that the Bears are favored in this game because, you know, again, new coach with Mark Tressman. Nobody knows what it's going to look like. and But there's something, you know, there's something about this team that Vegas likes to make them a favorite. So, you know, hey, there's nothing wrong with making a homer pick once in a while. So I am going to go with the Bears. Um, you know, I just I just think that they're really going to test this Bengals defense. You know, a lot of people like this Bengals defense. Uh, and, you know, we're going to see what they're made of come week one when they come to Chicago against, uh, you know, Jay Cutler and, and, and an improved offensive line. I think that's what people like about this team is just the offensive line looked really good in the preseason. So, um, yeah, I'm going to go with my Bears because I can. All right, scorekeeper, artist formerly known as a scorekeeper. Well, if you address me as a scorekeeper, there's no need to call me the artist formerly known as. But I appreciate it nevertheless. As long as it's not a pejorative term, that's fine. You know, the Bengals have an awesome front four. And right now, the Bears, they've got a whole new offense. And yeah, they've had four games in the preseason to try to get in order. I just think there's going to be some questions on that offense. Uh, I think Cincinnati is going to come in and they're going to dominate. And they're going to dominate by about six or seven points. Um, sorry, Cuervo. I don't like to go against you, especially on your Bears. But on this one, uh, Erlacher's gone. Uh, I don't know about Matt Forte going up against that front line. I like Matt Forte, but I just think that the Bengals are a bit more settled than the Bears are. And I'm going to go against you on this one. I think they're going to win it by a touchdown. Uh, I'm going to go with the Bengals. All right. These three-point lines are, are tough in the NFL, but... I like Cincinnati week one, going on the road and covering. Well, I'm not ready to say they're going to beat the Bears, but I do like three points, and if they let you, buy it up to three and a half and sit back and watch the game and enjoy it. Uh, very evenly matched game, I think. I think Dalton is going to have a good game. I think the Bears are still, like Cuervo said, first the new coach, the new offense to get it going. I still think it's going to take them a couple weeks to gel once you get into real game-time action. But I do like the Bears to win this division. But Cuervo, I'm picking the Bengals to cover. Well, I guess that's one then. Um, well, I mean, do you see like a one-point game? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, I could, see, I could see that. I mean, you know, I could see the Bears winning by two or even possibly three. I just see it being – I could see Cincinnati winning. But at the end of the day, I like the Bears, after looking at it, just to barely sweep by one or two points. Okay, so as I understand it, you're not going to go with a, a pick em, right? You're going to go with the Bears. Yeah, I'm going with the point spread. I'm going with oh, the okay, Bengals so... plus, plus three. Bengals plus okay. three points. So for the for the way I'm keeping this, I'm going to go with your basically pick them. You're right in the middle. You're going with the point spread. Okay. Oh, yeah. this is the first time that all three of us do not agree. Wow, it's interesting. Um, yep. I, me and Roger and I like the uh, the Bengals in that one. And now a game that it's going to be good, guys, and nobody's talking about it. The Dolphins on the road at Cleveland. Cuervo, I like Cleveland, what they're doing, what they're building over there. But is it is it time for them to step up and, and start 1-0 and against a Dolphins team that I think they could beat? Yeah, is this game in Cleveland? I can't remember. Yeah, Cleveland. No, it's, yeah, it's in Cleveland, and Cleveland is a one-point favorite. Ooh, that, now that scorekeeper, that's what you call a pick-em game right there. <laughs> um, 
You know, I, I, I think I like Cleveland, uh, you know, because of the loss of Dustin Keller. And I think that's going to hurt Miami all season long. I mean, the, the way Keller went down, um, you know, it's really going to hurt this Miami Dolphins team because Mike Wallace is really the only option they have as far as the passing game is concerned. Uh, you know, Brian Hartline shows up once in a while. A lot of people like him, but I haven't seen enough from that guy yet. And, uh, you know, I, I can't even think of anybody else they have on the receiving course. So um, I think that really limits Miami to what they can do. They're going to have to run the football in order to win this football game. Uh, but, you know, Cleveland did make some good additions with Kruger coming over from Baltimore and uh, just an overall defense that's been, you know, getting better. So I'm going to take I'm going to take the dog pound in this one, guys. Go, uh, Cleveland. All right. Scorekeeper. Uh, I'm sorry again, Cuervo. I'm going to go against you on this one. But folks, remember, Cuervo's a smarter one. Clearly, um, I just think that there are some issues that there are no real receivers that the Dolphins cornerbacks are going to have to deal with. And I think they're just going to dominate, at least on the passing, on deep patterns and stuff. They might get burned a little bit underneath, but I just think they're going to be able to control the defense. And, you know, Tannehill, look, he's already been through the battles. I mean, is the Cleveland defense that much better? I'm going to say that Miami is going to win this one. And they're going to do it in decent fashion. It's not going to be a blowout or anything, but uh, I think they could easily win like 19-14. to 14. I'm going to go with Miami on this one, guys. Miami. Oh, Miami. I'm sorry. Yes, Miami. 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 I messed that one up, too. Thank you, Cuervo. You're on the ball, baby. <laughs> well, I like Cleveland. That's awesome. I just remembered that. <laughs> yeah. I like the Browns in this game, guys. And I think Trent Richardson is going to have a good game against Miami's defense. And, you know, Kenny Hill's second year starting i think cleveland will be ready for him make some adjustments i just think this is a big game for cleveland right here and i think they can win it it's winnable vegas has them a one-point favorite and so do i i like cleveland in this game guys to get it covered to win the game outright and so this takes us to to my interesting game it could be an upset pick of the week the seattle seahawks travel to carolina seattle's a four-point favorite cuervo in this game and I don't know. This is very interesting when it comes to quarterbacks. I don't know, Brian. I, I think uh, Cam Newton's in for a real tough week one. You know how you know how Peyton Manning threw for seven touchdowns last night? I think Cam Newton might throw seven interceptions. Man, I don't know. Uh. <laughs> I'm just teasing you. No. No, what does concern me about Seattle though is just that trip, that cross country trip. I mean, you're going from Seattle all the way to, um, you know, uh, North Carolina, wherever. I'm not sure exactly the town that they play their games, the Panthers, but um, that's a three hour difference, guys. So they're they're basically the Seahawks are basically playing a ten o'clock in the game Seattle time, and I think that you know a lot of people sometimes, you know, think it's not. Sometimes it affects teams. So, um, what and what's the, so what's the spread on this one? Seattle is a four-point favorite on the road. Give me Cam Newton. Give me those Panthers, Brian. Ooh, all right. I like it. I like it. All right, scorekeeper. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, I believe that Seattle has a banged-up defense, and I think Cam Newton is going to have a field day, at least for yards. I don't know if he's going to be able to get touchdowns, but I know he's going to – I'm feeling that he's going to rack up a lot of yardage. Guys, I just think Marshawn Lynch is going to be able to dominate this game, and their quarterback is going to be able to find his receivers. I believe Tate, Rice, and Miller are all available. Uh, you know, I, I think he's – I think Seattle's going to be able to pull it off, and it's going to be a close game, but I'm going to go with Seattle. But you're right, Cuervo, about them traveling to the eastern time zone. This is about as far northwest as you can get, and Seattle last year was 2-2 two and two when they went into the eastern time zone. But I think if they're going to beat a team, this is a team they're going to beat. I don't know if Carolina has an offense that can take advantage of Oh, they did. Seattle right now. So oh, they I'm, I'm going to go with uh, – well, okay. Uh, there you go. I'm going to go with Seattle, though. Oh, man. I have to go with Cuervo on this one. And, and, guys, not only am I taking the four, but I'm taking the money line. I'm taking Carolina to win the game outright. And if you remember last year, the last five games of the year, here we had – Cam Newton get hot and win those games, and it looked like he started being a leader, guys. I mean, that's hard to, to do. So he finally became what's supposed to be, and here he is. I like him to win the game outright. I like him to score a lot of points. What do you think? I mean, I mean, how, how many points are you looking at, Cuervo, when you look at this? What, what's the final score? You know, I, I expect kind of a – you know, mid mid to lower scoring game. I mean, I you know, another reason I like Carolina in this game too is because I think people aren't talking enough about that Carolina defense, you know, with, with guys like Keekly and, and uh, you know, those guys that they drafted up front with uh, Kiwan Short and, and Star Lutulu, or however you say his name, um, you know, these are young guys that I thought did well in the preseason, especially you know, especially uh, Kwan Short when he came in. I think I think he did. He made some he made some plays if I remember right. Uh, but however, you know, not people aren't talking about this this Carolina defense enough, and I think they're going to be better this year. I'm going to the top ten. They're going to be better though, and I think um, I think they're going to be able to contain Marshawn Lynch and not let him go off and let him go beast mode. So, I like Carolina. I think I see a, you know, uh, like a 20 to twenty to 17 type game or, uh, you know, 17-16. It could be a one-point win for the Panthers, something along the lines of that. I don't see, a, I don't see the scoreboard lighting up in this one. And, you know, Cam's not going to let somebody come into his house especially like a, a second-year quarterback like he was last year, and then and beat him at home. I, I think Cam can gain a lot from that locker room if he wins this game and, and gets a lot of respect. Seattle, I think, is a little overhyped this year after what happened last year. I mean, they're, they're going to be able to score points, don't get me wrong, but I think at the end of the day, Seattle has no answer for Cam Newton rushing the football. And that's something you didn't see in the preseason, guys. He didn't run the football at all just because they didn't want to get him injured and they didn't want to show anything. So that's something to look at this weekend. And the next game, 
is the Detroit Lions. Cuervo is one of his favorite teams, the Lions, uh, against the Minnesota Vikings. This is a big division game, Cuervo, and Detroit's favorite six points. And I just want to see who you like in this game and why. It's a very interesting matchup. Wow, that's a big that's a big spread for a Detroit Minnesota game. Six points is a lot. Um, I I I have to go with Minnesota. I, I mean, I think Detroit can win this game, but it's not going to be by you know six points, guys. This is going to be a a three or four point game. This is going to be a twenty to six type game. This is going to be a twenty three to you know twenty type game. There's no way Detroit beats them by six. There must I don't know what it is. Maybe. Uh, you know, people feel like Adrian Peterson's season really made, you know, all the difference in the world for the Minnesota Vikings. It definitely helped them. I, I still think Minnesota has some good pieces. Uh, however, uh, for for a divisional game in the NFC North to be have a six-point spread, nah, I don't, I don't see that happening. I like Minnesota just because – of the spread itself, I think Detroit's going to win the game outright. But um, if if I'm a, if I'm taking the uh, you know if I'm putting money on this game with the spread, I'll take the Vikings. All right, scorekeeper, what do you think? Well, I'm going to go with Cuervo. I like the Lions because I have questions about Minnesota's defense. I mean, I, I think they're going to be missing their top corner, their interior rusher. Uh, I just think that uh, Stafford's going to be better off. And who's their Vikings quarterback? Who? Seriously. Ponder. That's a rhetorical question. Yeah, Ponder. Okay, well, there you go. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I like Peterson to do well. I don't expect him to do anything like he did last year, but he still is relatively a young man for running backs. He is a year older. But, uh, you know, Minnesota's going to have to do something special to go after Stafford. Stafford had a down year. I think the the year before he averaged like 16 per every 16 attempts he got himself a touchdown and this year it doubled to like 30 something. So last year was an off year. I see Stafford turning around. He's at home. I like the home cooking. I am going with the Lions and it probably won't be that close. I think the Lions will probably win 27-21. Well, that is a 6-point spread. I mean, that's the line on it. So, at the end of the day, Roger's saying it's a push. And so, I'm looking at this game, and I, and it's all about the quarterback play, guys. And Stafford's a better quarterback at home. He has a lot to prove. He just got his – he just got paid. So, he got a paycheck, and they added Reggie Bush to help. That'll help in the passing and the running game, Cuervo. And I, I just I just like Detroit to win this game by a couple of touchdowns on Sunday, just uh, just because of their offense. Look for Calvin Johnson to have a big day, and look for the Vikings to struggle on the ground and in the air. I, I like Detroit in this one. I like Dominic and Sue and Nick Fairley being able to stop that running game. And so I'm, I'm giving six. Rogers saying it's going to be a break-even minus six, and Cuervo's taking Minnesota. So we're, we're different in that game a little bit. And the next game, um, Roger likes this one, the Raiders – are going on the road and and playing the Colts. And I'll start with the scorekeeper on this one. The Raiders, do they have any chance being a ten-and-a-half-point underdog of pulling off an upset and, and beating Andrew Luck in week one? They're going to make it a game in the first ten minutes. And after that, 
the Colts are probably going to dominate this game. And I think the Colts, unfortunately, are going to win it by a lot. Uh, I don't like going against the Raiders, but the reality is that I... <sighs> There's some young talent on the Raiders, but I'm starting to question the general manager as well. I mean, look, what did the Raiders do? They let go of their best punter, damn it! So I'm going with the Colts. I haven't forgiven them yet. <laughs> Cuervo, man, I know who you're going to pick in this one, but tell me why. <laughs> you already know who I'm going with, huh? Yeah. You know, just talent. It comes down to talent with these guys. Um, I'm sorry, scorekeeper. I just I just don't think don't the, the, the talent level the Raiders matches up with Indianapolis. I think Andrew Luck has a, has a very solid day. Uh, to open up the season, and uh, I think this one is a six-point spread, is it not? Uh, with Indiana, ten and open? a half. Ten and oh, a half. Jesus. Ten and a half. Yeah, there's a reason for that. I, I'll I'll stick with Andrew Luck and the Colts. Yeah, I'm with y'all. Look, I mean Andrew Luck at home against the Oakland team, and look, we got we have Terrell Pryor starting for Oakland. If that tells you anything. And Indianapolis doesn't have a great defense, but trust me, it doesn't have to be great to stop that Oakland offense. How will Darren McFadden do? That's the biggest key to me. Will he be able to go off with Terrell Pryor there screwing things up? Guys, I think no. I like I like Andrew Luck and those Colts this year. They're not going to be the same Colts team that they were last year, guys. They're not going to win, what was it, 11 or 12 games this year, but they are going to be good, and you have to play good to beat them. But Oakland doesn't have the talent, guys. I'm telling you, I like Indianapolis big in this game, and Cuervo's right. There's a reason why they set these lines like they do. They want somebody, some sucker out there to take that ten and a half. And it's not going to be one of us. We all like Indianapolis. So the next game is not very interesting, but it, it does have some implications of, of, of which team's going to maybe make a push for the wild card this year. Cuervo, we have the Rams at home favored four and a half over Arizona. Is Arizona going to be good enough to pull an upset off in week one? Well, it's in Arizona, is it not? No, it's in St. No, Louis. It's in St. Louis. Oh, St. Louis. yeah, no. Yeah, that that's not happening, guys. I, I, I think the Rams, the, the Rams are favored by four and a half, right? Yep, yep. Yeah, I just don't think uh, I, I don't think Arizona's ready yet as far as um, from an offensive standpoint. You know, the Cooper goes down, their number one draft pick here, offensive lineman. They were counting on him a lot, guys, to really uh, you know help Carson Palmer out. And uh, you know, I just think you're gonna. I think in this game, and I'm gonna talk about this more on uh, Sunday show, but um, I think Carson Palmer. Eventually, he's going to learn to stop doing it. But I think you're going to see him really lock in on Larry Fitzgerald. Similar what you know, the, what the criticism here in Chicago is about Jay Cutler locking in on Brandon Marshall, always throwing him the ball. I think I think Carson Palmer is going to have that same problem. He's going to have that same bad habit of always wanting to throw to Larry Fitzgerald. I understand why because there's really no one else to throw the football to. However, he's got to learn to open things up find ways to open things up for these other receivers. So I think that's really going to hurt uh, this Cardinals team in the beginning. So I'll take St. Louis. Good pick. Scorekeeper. Well, Sam Bradford, the multi-million dollar arm, 
this, I'm looking for him to have his breakout season. But I don't think he's going to do it game one, though. And I believe he's going to win, but they're not going to win by a lot. And there's going to be questions. Right now, who's going to be the team that's going to you know, lose? That's, that's it. Which one has more to lose? And if Arizona loses, they're going to say, okay, here we go again. If St. Louis, St. Louis fans are, oh, here we go again. But it's going to be where St. Louis is going to win, but the fans are going to say, oh, man, that was almost like a gift win. And so there's still going to be lots of questions. But I think Sam, or, uh, Mr. Sam Bradford is going to turn it around, and he's going to win just a, by a tad on this game. It's going to be close. Like, who really won? But I'm going to go with the Rams at home. Uh, look, Arizona, Carson Palmer, you guys want to throw the word pedigree out there again? I dare you. <laughs> pedigree, whatever. Go ahead. Yeah, right, I'm, I'm going, with, I'm going with the Rams. I'm going with the Rams, too. Look, Sam Bradford and this team's too much at home for Arizona right now. And I'm not sold on Carson Palmer until I see him actually out there win some games. I'm not going to take four and a half points and be the sucker, Cuervo, thinking this guy's going to rejuvenate his career and the Arizona team. I like the coaching situation in Arizona. I believe they got rid of their head coach too soon, but I think they have a good coach. But I like St. Louis at the end of the day to get it done. I mean, the games like this go either way, and they're frustrating. So if you're out there listening, this might be a game just to take the money line and just take St. Louis instead of that four and a half. That can be very tricky, but I'm going to pick the four and a half just because I don't want to take four and a half. And that takes us to the next two biggest games of the day, and then we're going to talk some MLB with a scorekeeper in Cuervo here. And if you'd like to call in 646-716-5564, if you'd like to cuss the scorekeeper out or Cuervo, Press number one, please, and I'll get you on. Um, Cuervo, the San Francisco 49ers are at home playing a rematch game against Green Bay, and the line is five and a half. The Niners are favored, and honestly, I just want to see if I know you're a Bears fan. They're in the same division with Green Bay. Do you think Green Bay has what it takes to go on the road and beat Colin Kaepernick and the Niners? Did they do anything on defense to get better? Because last year they got torched by San Francisco. No, they got worse, Brian. I mean, yeah, Charles Woodson's, yeah, he's an older guy, but that guy was a, he was impact player on the green on that Green Bay defense, and you know they they let him go, and uh, I believe, I you know I think that's the only piece that I remember that they lost. No, they lost Bishop too. Bishop Desmond Bishop, the linebacker. Uh, is in Minnesota now as well. So those are two guys that they've lost on that defense, and they didn't really do anything, in my opinion, to um, to you know replace those guys. So I think Green Bay's defense is not going to look as good. I think the offense is you know beat up with the two receivers Cobb and Jordy Nelson. So um, you know I, I really think that the Packers are going to struggle at the beginning of the season. So. Um, uh, I'm going with San Fran in this one, even though it's five and a half. I, I think I think San Fran, I think they win by ten. Well, scorekeeper, are are you on the same page with with Cuervo there? It's all about protection for Aaron Rodgers, and I think on his blind side they lost Brian Bulaga. Right? Is he gone for the season? I believe so. Yeah. Your your main guard, you know, your offensive tackle is out. I just don't think they're going to be able to provide enough protection for Favre. I think Favre is going to put up some yardage, 
But and I don't believe Kaepernick is going to do what he did last time. But yeah, based on what Cuervo says, I already had that feeling. I think Kaepernick's going to control this game. I don't think it's. Um, it could be. It could be by ten. Also, I, I'd have to agree. Uh, but it's not going to be a disastrous blowout, guys. But I just think the 49ers are going to win this one. There are fewer questions with the 49ers than there are with the than the Packers and Brett Favre. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I, I agree with that, guys. But one thing we have to see, if Green Bay is going to win this game, Eddie Lacy, the running back, the rookie running back from Alabama, is going to have to rush for over 100 yards for Green Bay to kind of keep them un-one-dimensional. I mean, every season we see Aaron Rodgers struggle against these big fronts is because they can't run the football. So, so Cuervo, if Eddie Lacy, the running back, can get 120, 130 yards, do you like their chances a lot better of pulling the upset? Well, I think they lose by as much. I still think the Packers are going to lose regardless. I just don't think they have, um, you know, enough defensively and – you know, San Francisco, they have those type of offenses. They're starting to implement an offense that you really got to be on your, you know, you got to be on top of your game, and I just don't think Green Bay is. So even if Lacey does have a good game, guys, I think, you know, instead of losing by 10, they may only lose by, you know, three or four. So, mm-hmm. you know, that I think I think that, well, that would put, that would actually, you know, that would actually change things then. You would have to. Green Bay, but um, you know, I, I just I just don't know if that's going to happen though. So that that San Fran defense, they don't give up a lot of rushing yards. They don't. Yeah, and if I, I may add, I'm sorry, Brian. Oh, I, I wanted to add that left tackle David Bakhtiari is a rookie for uh, Minnesota uh, uh, for Green Bay, and he's going to have to go against Alden Smith. Alden Smith has a lot of sacks. And I think that's that might be the turning point right there, just on that alone. Okay, well, if this game was at like three points, guys, I'd probably take San Fran. But we're starting to get up to the five and a half point range. It started at four, creeped its way, it crept its way up to five and a half. I'm just gonna go against the grain here and just say, hey, I'm gonna take Aaron Rodgers against Green Bay, a little, or against San Francisco, with a little payback on his mind. And I do think they're going to be able to rush the ball a little bit. The key to this game is I think they can force Kaepernick into some turnover situations. And if they do, they can get some quick points. And I think they can just outscore them. The over-under on this is 49, which means it's going to be a high-scoring game in people's minds. So I like San Francisco to squeak by by four, three or four points. But I'm going to take five and a half, Roger, and and take Green Bay. So mark that down that I'm against y'all on this. Yep, you're Packers. I got you. I got you. All right. The Sunday night game with Carrie Underwood coming out and doing her little song and dance. I'm excited about that. In Dallas, Cuervo. Uh, I have the Cowboys picked to win this division, and it's going to be hard for me to pick against Dallas as I have them playing the Giants the first game. Who do you like? Dallas is a three-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. Over-under is 50, so they're looking for a shootout. Dallas is favored? Yes. Yeah, by- Dallas Dallas is favored. Yeah, they should be. They <laughs> haven't beaten. They haven't beat the Giants at home in four years, guys. Give me Eli Manning. Give me the Giants. Make it five years in a row. Hmm. All right, scorekeeper. What do you have? 
this is Dallas, right? <laughs> I'm going with yeah, Cuervo. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dude. I mean, look. Look, Dallas would actually be a little bit better had they shown up against the Giants. If they would have taken 50% of those games over the last few years, it would have been a whole different ball game. but they didn't. They don't beat the team they need to beat. Uh, Giants. Sorry. All right. All right. I'm going with the Cowboys in this one. What a cover shot. and win. All of it. I like Romo in this game. Uh, I, I think they you? will close the route. What? I'm Brian. Man, I haven't picked to win the division, so I have to I have to to take the game. Vegas is trying to sucker people in on this game. I just have a feeling. They're trying to make people take those Giants and I I just think the Cowboys are going to start off good this year. They beat they beat New York last year in New York game 1, beat them good. And I just think the Cowboys have more talent on defense. You got to remember OC left the Giants. That's going to hurt them a little bit. But Victor Cruz is playing in this game for Eli, thank God. But at the end of the day, I'm picking the Cowboys to win, cover, and all of the above. I like the over in this game, 50 as well. I think it's going to be very high scoring. All right. Well, that takes us to our Monday night games real quick. We'll go by these real quick. I forgot about these. Uh, Philadelphia on the road at Washington Cuervo. Favored four and a half. The Skins are favored four and a half against the Eagles. And I know you're very high on the Eagles this year, so I'm interested to see your prediction. Yeah, I think Kelly and the offense is going to start out. Uh, you know, they're going to start out real fast, and they're going. To, I think they're going to really. Um, how do I say? It? They're really going. To, they're going to catch this Redskins surprise some people. Yeah, yeah. I think they're going to surprise people. I think I'm not going to say they're going to pull up tricks in week one, but I think they're going to give a good show uh, week one. And be like, hey, this is who we are, and this is what we're going to be about this year. So, I like I like uh, you know Shady McCoy, and I like the Philadelphia Eagles. Notice I didn't say Michael Vick. I said Thank Shady you. McCoy. Yeah. Well, did you well, did you see the fight that's breaking out with the Eagles, though? Does this concern you? Raleigh Cooper got in a fight in practice with a couple of teammates, and and the the two guys were black, and with all that going on, what he said, using a bad word, getting in trouble for that, is that going to have any impact, Cuervo, on, on the way they play on the field? Um, I mean, it, it, I don't think so. I don't think people – some people may be reading into it a little too much. Um, you know, guys fighting practice all the time. So I know this situation is a little bit different. However, um, you know, I think these guys are ready to move on. They understand, look, you know, we got to set our differences aside. You know, we got to play our first game. We got to go out there and we got to win. You know, we're all out there for the same purpose. If they're not doing that, then, um, you know, you've got a real major problem. And I feel bad for Chip Kelly because, uh, you know, with it being for his first year, it's kind of you know it's kind of not fair because people are going to start to point the finger, point the finger at him when you know this is his first year taking over this football team. So I, I really don't think it should be on Chip Kelly, that that not as much. Who do you like, scorekeeper, the Eagles or the Redskins, and will all of this turmoil within the team affect them week one? Brian. If you call me stupid, that's one thing. If you call me a wetback or illegal, that's different. Because, number one, I am neither. 
So if you go ahead and call someone stupid on your team, that's one thing. But if you use that epitaph, if you use the N-word, you never forget it. It's going to remain on that team, and it's going to be simmering for a while. And the minute things start to go bad, it's going to boil to the surface. But just remember, guys, they're never going to – I mean, there are – look, if you call a woman the B-word, you can never get that word back. Once you use I know, the word, well, yeah, I, I think, gentlemen, I not speaking for Cuervo, but yeah, when you use the B word, uh, it's you're done. If you use the N word, you're done, and uh, you know they're never going to forget it. It doesn't matter what you do; you might save the person's life, their family, their car, their dog, but you're never ever going to get it back. So. There's going to be some issues with Philadelphia this year, but the Redskins, who's, I mean, is Robert Griffin III, is he sitting down? Is, is that the final word, really? No, no, he's playing. I'm taking the uh, the Washington Redskins. Okay, you're giving up four and a half points, right? You think I, I, more than I don't know half. about that. I just know they're going to win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, here's the deal. All the crap going on in Philadelphia – they they don't have a leader on that team yet, and that's what I'm looking for. It's hard to pussies. pick them. I know, a bunch of pussies out here worried about a word <laughs> someone said instead of playing football. I mean, look, he said it. Get over it. Is he a racist? Really, who cares? I mean, you're out there with him to win football games. That's what you want him to do. You're not going to change his heart, his mind, who he is, because you're pissed at him. He's not going to change. So, at the end of the day, I, I like Washington in this game just because of the reason they're at home. But I just don't see a leader yet. Michael Vick could explode. He could become a leader. But right now this team has no leader. They have a coach that's in his first year trying to get some respect. And he's got a lot of pressure on him, guys. I like Washington to to get by in this one. I'll be pulling for Philadelphia because I like Chip Kelly. But at the end of the day, I can't stand RG3. Uh, I think he's going to be a bust hopefully this year. Maybe I can get one right eventually. But I like I like Washington. I like Washington to win this game, guys, and that takes us to our next Monday night game. And if you're a true football junkie, you'll be able to stay up till two in the morning to finish it out. Uh, Houston goes on the road to the West Coast to San Diego Cuervo, and I think this is a huge game for Phillip Rivers in San Diego. They can't afford to lose this first one at home against Houston. Yeah, they can't afford to, Brian, but they will. I, I don't see San Diego having much of a chance. You know. You've heard my opinions on the Chargers. I'm not, I'm not high on them at all. I don't, I don't, I don't like a whole lot about this football team. So I'm gonna take the Texans. I think the line's five and a half in this one. Houston is favored five and a half on the road. Scorekeeper. Yeah, and some some team or some periodicals are saying they're gonna win big, guys. Some as much as thirty to seventeen, and. Uh, before I tell you, uh, the Chargers, for a long time, guys, they were almost guaranteed. One year they would do incredibly well. The other year they would do incredibly bad. And they, it was like clockwork. It was constant. But now they've turned in two years in a row of bad, and I don't think it's going to turn. I think they're going to be pedestrian to mediocre this year. And it's sad because they have an awesome quarterback, but – you know, the the team is, is really starting to go down. I, I don't see them doing it against Texas. I think they're going to lose big. The only thing that's really going to be cooking over in San Diego 
are all the barbecues at the cookouts before and after the game. San Diego fans are, oh my God, they are a, a vivid, avid bunch. But when you start getting blown out, when you start getting blown out, the cookouts begin early in the parking lots, and I'd love to be at those cookouts. I'm taking the Texans and the free burgers. Yeah, I like the Texans in this one. Too much offense, too much defense, too much talent. I mean, Rivers is getting older. Gates is, is half the man he used to be. I'm not real impressed with their running game, the receivers really. I mean, if they're at home and they play the game of their life, they could pull it out, guys. But I have to go with the, the Texans in this one just because I feel like they're going to have a real good season. So that wraps up all of the games. and. And Scorekeeper will keep us updated on how we do this week, guys. But I want to turn it over right now to Scorekeeper as he starts our conversation on baseball. So it's all yours, sir. You direct it. Well, I appreciate that. And it's awesome to have both Tarvino and, uh, you know, Cuervo on with me. Guys, let's just go over the standings real quick to let everyone know where we are. This is as of right now in Major League Baseball. In the American League, Boston, 85-57, and 57, dominating in the East. Tampa Bay is 6.5 back. The Yankees are 9 back. Baltimore is 9.5. And, and Toronto, they're about two games from being eliminated at 20 back. In the Central, uh, you know, it's about the same, actually. Detroit is 81-59. Uh, not doing as well as last year. Cleveland is 74 and 65, six and a half back. But Kansas City, Los Reales de Kansas City, are 73 and 67. They're eight back, but they're four and a half out of the wild card. The wild card is really where it's happening right now. Uh, look, it's already September 6th. Teams have to win. The Yankees at nine games back. At. <laughs> You know, yeah, they're 13 games away from being eliminated in the division. Uh, it, nine games is a lot, guys. Kansas City, eight games, that's a lot. Minnesota, they're gone. They're 19 back, five from being eliminated. And the White Sox, <laughs> with Adam Dunn, are 56 and 83. I love the Adam Dunn era in Chicago. They're 24 and a half back. They've already been eliminated. And they're 21 back for the wild card. They're done. Texas, Wow. 80 and 59, they're half a game ahead of Oakland, so they're back in first place. Oakland, wow, they're 7 and 3 in their last 10 games. They're, you know, they're right there. They also hold the number 1 position for the wild card and they're half a game back. So right now it's Texas and Oakland are fighting for the division and an assured wild card spot provided either team doesn't fail. Who's next? The Angels. What a colossal billion dollar failure. Talk about an owner spending money. But guys, spending money doesn't always get it. You've got to be smart with your money. And Artie Moreno, dude, the fans love you. But me, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I know what you're trying to do, but you're not thinking about it, Artie. Seattle, hey, they've been minus Ichiro for a long time. They're 63 and 77. And then you have the Houston Assholes at 47 and 93. They're 33 and a half back. They were eliminated last year, guys. They were eliminated when they were purchased and told they were going to go to the American League. In the National League, Atlanta, 85 and 54. They are 14 games ahead of the Washington Nationals. And as a fan called in, Brian, and told you, Washington still has another run in them left. They're 71 and 68. Yeah. 71 yeah, and 68. That was kind of amusing. That was a He's an idiot. They, 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 they have a run left in them, but it's the kind that when you're on the toilet, the run's left in them. That's all they have. 
you beat me to it. Yes. The Mets, they're 21 and a half back. They're three games for being eliminated. Philadelphia, wow. They're 22 and a half back. They're one game of being eliminated. So this is what it means when I say eliminated. When, in the case of Washington, they're 10 games away, whether it be 10 wins by Atlanta or 10 losses by Washington or a combined. If Washington wins five games but they lose five games, that's it. They're still eliminated because that's how, that's how few games they have left. Miami, I'm sorry, Miami is 32 and a half. They were eliminated a long time ago. But, folks, they still have a chance for the wild card. They're only 25 and a half back. Pittsburgh. Yay, Pittsburgh. The story of the season. Pittsburgh is 81 and 58. If they lose every game from here on out, they will finish the season at 500. The first non-losing season since 1992. Wow. If there's a story, it's the, it's the Mill City, the Steel City. And St. Louis is one and a half back, but they hold a spot for the wild card. Cincinnati, those commies, they're three back. And then, of course, Milwaukee is 21. They're out of it. They're brawnless. They have nothing. Chicago Cubs, I'm sorry, 22 back. They're two games away from being eliminated. And in the National League West, wow, a team that really hasn't been good for a while, the Los Angeles Dodgers, an exciting and dangerous team is the Dodger team. From about the middle of May until now, this has been one of the best teams in all of baseball. Period. Atlanta is the class with 85 wins. The Dodgers have 83 kids. And they've done it from the the last part of May up until now. That makes them dangerous. Arizona is 12 back. It's over. Colorado 18, San Diego 21, and San Francisco 21 and a half. It's a sad day when San Diego and San Francisco are fighting for last place. Those are the standings, guys, and that's what we have going on. Big news yesterday, the Yankees beat Mari I'm sorry, the Red Sox beat Mariano Rivera. He blew a save, and then they beat them in the 10th inning. This was a significant blow to the Yankees, guys. They needed this game. This would have put them seven back. But when you play the first-place team, it means two games. Either up two or down two, and the Yankees were on the losing end. So if they still win two more games, they are basically, you know, where they started. They go eight games and then go seven. They end up only gaining one game if they win two out of three. You needed a sweep, and the Yankees did not get it. That was not the nail in the coffin, but that was significant. Guys, your comments on any of the teams, please. Corvo. Uh, you know, I'm... Hello? Brian, did we, did we lose, lose Cuervo? Cuervo? We lost Cuervo. He has dropped. It says, host may experience temporary drops in audio over the phone while we're live. So, Cuervo, you just got dropped, baby. You got dropped by the Noriega Express. I'm sorry. Um, More like the limited... Okay. <laughs> More like a little bit, pal. Well, I don't well, know if we I'll, have I'll take over. I, when, when Cuervo comes over, I'll, I'll let him get back in. But I look at this National League, and I'm very impressed with Pittsburgh, guys. I mean, they've won five out of their last ten, which is, is okay. As long as they're not having any losing streaks for too long, they'll be fine. But do they have enough pedigree scorekeeper to be able to hold off St. Louis, a team that's been there and done that? The Cardinals have lost four out of their last ten. So, I mean, 
what are they? No, they yeah, they've won four and lost six in their last ten. And that's not the baseball that I'm used to seeing. And and since we're in this division, we were talking about the Cardinals, Pittsburgh, and Cubs. Cuervo, I'll let you go ahead and begin since you got dropped. Uh, well, when, when you're talking about the Central, obviously, you know, uh, the Cardinals are like you mentioned. I mean, they're 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 the team that's been there, done that. But um, for people that really believe that Pittsburgh is ready to take that next step. I think they're still a couple of years away in reality. I mean, they just seem to, uh, in the first half of the season, they're they're going at 100 miles an hour. Come second half, they, they slow down too much to the point where they miss the playoffs. So uh, I just think they have to learn how to pace themselves. It's 162 games. It's not it's not like the NFL where you only get 16 games. And uh, they have to learn how to pace themselves. So, um, you know, Milwaukee – uh, yeah, I really don't have to say a whole lot about that. I mean, you know, right on with that, that whole situation, now you guys hear about him calling ticket holders and whatnot. It's just a mess up there. Of course, my Cubs are a mess. So I'm not even going to get into that. But, um, you know, and then, of course, you have uh, – who's the other team I'm leaving out? I believe that's it. It's just those four, if I'm not mistaken, because yeah. the Astros are, are the not in, in the South Central anymore. The Reds. The Reds, I think, are the team that people need to start paying attention to. I think they could, as long as their pitching holds up, because we all know that's what the playoffs are about, if they can somehow, you know, make a run for it, I don't know if they're mathematically out of it yet. If they can make a run, I mean, you know, their pitching, if if that starts to come together, then I think that's a team that you might have to look out for. Yeah, the well, Reds are a team that, that you have to watch out for. I'm sorry. Go ahead, score. No, uh, sorry, Brian. Uh, I just wanted to say that their three backs, uh, they're still a long way from being eliminated, and they actually hold one of the wild card spots right now. Uh, they are in – yeah, remember, there's two wild cards. They hold one of them. St. Louis holds the other wild card. And something I didn't mention, then after that, guys, it drops off significantly. Then you have Washington and Arizona both tied at seven back for the wild card. So it's Cincinnati and St. Louis for the wild card and Pittsburgh. So you actually – you could conceivably have three playoff teams coming out of the the Central Division. You will. I I think that's really logically and mathematically the only three. And it would be interesting to see somebody like Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, or Cincinnati-St. Louis play that one game to see who plays. But, like, if we're talking about the National League guys, and I don't think you mentioned them, the Dodgers. I mean, when Puig got there, what was – how far were they out of first, scorekeeper? Do you remember when Puig got onto the scene? It wasn't even worth talking about. No, I don't remember. I just know that it was – yeah, they were bad. They were probably in last place. Yeah, they were at least seven games out. Looking at the standings today, they are 12 games up on second place Arizona. And when I look at this team, what impresses me, they're winning seven out of ten every time you turn around. But their road record, 40 and 28, that's best in baseball. Uh, Or excuse me, Texas has the best road record of 41 and 30 in the American League. But in the National League, they're the best. But looking at their home record, 43 and 28, it's going to be very difficult for the Braves, for the St. Louis Cardinals, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, whoever, to beat the Dodgers with that pitching staff and and that all-star team they have. 
And this is going to be the most interesting part of the playoffs will be to see who can beat the Dodgers. And, and scorekeeper, do you see anyone out there that could really legitimately beat the Dodgers with that pitching staff right now? Uh, and just to get that information, on May 15th, guys, 17-22. and 22. The Dodgers were five and a half back in last place, guys, at 17-22 and 22 on May 15th. Wow. Wow. When did we so, start? When Start. Was it May 16th um, or May 16th? It was around there. I know it was the yeah. middle of May. I don't remember the exact date. But at this point, they'd already won two in a row. So it, they might have had them. I, I don't know. But it was early on when people were going to go see Puig. But uh, to answer your question, the only one that can hang with them, honestly, is Atlanta. But to answer your question, can they beat them? Mm. Look. That pitching is rather impressive by the Dodgers. And relatively speaking against Atlanta, I I think they can dominate them. I think uh, the Dodgers can really yeah. – I think they can take uh, Atlanta. And then look, St. Louis, Cincinnati, Pittsburgh against the Dodgers? I don't think so. Well, you look yeah. at it. If you play the Dodgers in a seven-game series, Cuervo – you're going to have to play Kershaw. You're going to have to play against him three times probably, game one, four, and seven possibly. So it's just going to be hard to beat them, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And I mean, you know, Kershaw is, is, is pitching very well. And, uh, you know, but I mean, it's, I mean, for the Braves, though, I mean, they don't, they don't really the, – their pitching staff is nothing to, to just kind of ride off either. I mean – you know, they've got, uh, you know, who do they got? Um, Medlin. Uh, Medlin. 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 Tehran. and yeah, Miner. Yeah. And, and, but the thing is, Cuervo, with the Braves pitching staff, they don't have any overpowering pitchers that can strike you out like, like the Dodgers do. And I think that puts them at a disadvantage in the playoffs because the more balls put in the play, the, the more likely you are to lose. And if you're not being able to make contact – you're not going to win. So that that worries me, Cuervo, a little bit about the Braves. And I'm a Braves fan, guys. I'm, I'll be pulling for them. I'll be at the playoffs watching. But I'm just hoping someone pulls an upset and beats the Dodgers so the Braves can make it to the World Series, hopefully. Uh, well, I don't see that happening. So good luck. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> if you guys want to take a look at the playoff races in the American League, or in the American, we just touched on them briefly. Uh, of course, you have Boston in first place, Tampa Bay is in second, and they hold the first wild card spot. Then you have Detroit, who's up six and a half over Cleveland. Uh, guys, Cleveland is a good team. Kansas City is a surprising team, but I don't think Detroit, unless there's a complete breakdown with Detroit, and it's possible, it's only six and a half. Uh, I, I expect Detroit to do it. But the battle is in the American League West, guys. Texas and Oakland. Wow. They're separated by half a game. And it's just the two of them. That's it. So whoever ends up in second, if they continue to play the way they are, it's going to be Oakland or Texas that win the division and or make the playoff in the number one spot of the wild card. And that's going to be it. Right now, Tampa Bay is ahead of the Yankees. And it's Boston, so I'm looking at the playoffs being Tampa Bay, Boston, Detroit, Texas, and Oakland. It's going to be those teams, and uh, those teams, uh, you know, the the big one on there really would be the Red Sox. 
But all teams are in one way or another evenly matched, guys, because all teams except for Tampa Bay already have 80 wins. Those are good teams. Yeah. Hey, hey, scorekeeper, is it possible if I hang up real quick and make a call, can y'all keep doing the show and it be heard or what? Yes, we can. Just go ahead and con- right, hit the continue button on the s- switchboard. Go ahead, Cuervo. Yeah, scorekeeper. So, are, are you basically saying that you you are you saying that Boston is your pick right now to be the AL rep representative in the World Series? Or no. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm not there yet, Cuervo. Uh, I think Boston is a superior team, obviously, based on the numbers, and they have a good team. They have a good front of three pitchers, and they're scoring a lot of runs, Cuervo. And that's, you know, you need three pitchers for the playoffs. That's it. If you have four, that's kind of nice. Three pitchers. You might get by with two. That's how Detroit did it last year. They had three pitchers. And, you know, uh, it's been a long time since teams have had four pitchers. So Boston has the necessary arms to get there. But I'm talking about the playoffs right now and the playoff spots. The Yankees, I – they – look, there's still a lot of time still for the Yankees, but you got two good teams in front of them, Cuervo. I just don't see those two teams collapsing. So right now, um, I you know – Oakland, okay, if you want to pin me down on who is the representative, I would have to go with Oakland. Wow, so you you think Oakland has a good shot? I think they have a good shot of being the representative to the uh, World Series, yes. You know, I I mean, if I had to pick one right now, scorekeeper, I would have to, I'd have to go back to Detroit. I mean, the, the way Scherzer, and it's not, that's the thing, you know, there's so much attention on Verlander, that Max Scherzer is the one who's having a Cy Young-type season, and that's scary. When you have two dominant-type pitchers like Verlander and Scherzer in one, on one squad, and then, oh, yeah, by the way, you have a guy in Mikhail Cabrera that can, you know, tear the leather off of a baseball, then, I mean, that's a dangerous baseball team, in my opinion. So if I had to pick somebody right now, I would probably go right back to the team that was there last year, the Detroit Tigers. And they are right up there, Cuervo. They're the second-best team in the American League right now. And you're right. Uh, They have the three pitchers necessary. Uh, Verlander, you know, he's having a normal season, which for the rest of us would be our career years. So, you know, he's still pitching well. He's lost some big games, but he's still the horse that gets him to the playoffs. Uh, Detroit has the pitching to go all the way. They do. I just know that Oakland and those young kids, I don't think they're smart enough to know that they don't have a chance. (laughs) Yeah. Listen to this, scorekeeper. I don't know if you're aware of this, but in every pretty much major category, batting category, Detroit ranks either one or or two. Uh, Runs, they're second. Batting average, they're first. On-base percentage, they're second. Slugger percentage, they're second. As a team, I mean, I mean, does it really get any better than that? I mean, is that is that like some historic type numbers that they're putting up? I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure. You, you tell me. They are damn good numbers, Corvo. They're dominating where they need to dominate. 
and you know they're they're a good team, and I and I appreciate your pick. I would actually go with Detroit, but I just have the you know Cuervo. You get that little funny feeling from time to time, don't you? And that's the one that I have. If if, if you wanted to just give you an answer, Oakland is eighty and sixty. Cuervo, it's all about scoreboard, right, baby? That's what it's about. Oakland oh, has Oakland has one win less than Detroit. So it just means that Oakland is winning a whole bunch of three to two games and Detroit is winning a bunch of ten to one games. You always want to score more runs, but there are teams that grind it out. Oakland is only one game different from Detroit, and yet Detroit has these stellar numbers. They're the more dangerous team. But I, I like I said, I I just you know they're young and they have talent. And you know, I've been on teams that we were better, smarter, stronger, but these youthful kids, man, they didn't they they're they don't know what it is to lose. They don't care about making mistakes. And Oakland has a good chance. But Detroit is the reigning power. Yeah. Yeah, I I I understand what you're saying. I mean, as far as uh like run differential and things like that and, and just power numbers. You know, it almost seems like Detroit wins off of, you know, the long ball. And if Miguel, Miguel Cabrera hits a home run in, in, the, in that particular game, then, oh, yeah, Detroit's got a good chance to win. You know, Oakland's different, though, like you said. I mean, normally we like to see teams that grind it out, that, you know, hit, you know, they'll hit doubles before they, before they uh, go yard. And I think that's what you saw – Hell, even in last year's World Series, scorekeeper, I mean, the San Francisco Giants, now correct me if I'm wrong on this, they're really not known offensively to be a you know powerhouse home run hitting type team, you know, post Barry Bonds. So <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in there. But, I mean, that you know, with San Francisco, the focus is Lincecum and, you know, Matt Cain and, and, and those guys, so... Uh, it wasn't really that San Francisco depended on the long ball as much as maybe Detroit does. I think, like and I we, said, I mean, you know, the, the San Francisco will hit doubles and, and and base hits all, you know, base knocks all day, and get their runs that way. And I think I think you know the teams that grind it out are the ones that normally win. Uh, San Francisco is one of those teams. Uh, you you grind it out with good pitching. And San Francisco's pitching has been off this year significantly, and that's the problem. Uh, Matt Cain, uh, he's human after all. Uh, San Francisco still has a good pitching staff, but you know what? They're 62-78. and 78. They just didn't have the pitching to go against these other teams. But in the American League, look, you, you've got Texas. A lot of people were wondering how good they were going to be, and they've been able to survive. Texas is in first place in the West. They have a combination of pitching and power. Detroit, man, Austin Jackson at the top, Prince Fielder, and Miguel Cabrera. Oh man, you know Cuervo. I, you know I've been in love with Miguel Cabrera for a long time now. If if I I've picked him to be MVP for several years prior to his being picked the you know triple crown winner and i could not believe how stupid some people were in dismissing the triple crown some idiot wrote somewhere he says 
oh, what, what it, what's the triple crown? What a big deal. It just means some guy hit one less home run than you. I, I was, you know, I, I couldn't believe that, Cuervo. The triple crown is not something that ha- – it's never happened every day. It's always been a unique thing. Like for the pitchers, you know the, the, the triple crown for pitchers, right, is wins, ERA, and strikeouts. That doesn't happen yeah, all the time. Yeah, that's either. not easy to do. That's just – that's not easy to do. You have to have a historic type year. And not only that, but when you think about it, scorekeeper, when it comes to the triple crown, it's not just – oh, you know, you hit more home runs than everyone else. How often does somebody actually achieve that triple crown? That should tell you everything you need to know about that award. That yeah. that, sucker, that that accomplishment is extremely hard to do. So for anybody to dismiss it, for anybody to feel like, well, you know, you just all you did was hit the home runs, uh, you know, hit a couple more, had a couple more base hits than everyone else, and oh, a couple of RBIs. Well, yeah, I mean, that's not easy to do. A batting average, home runs, RBIs. I mean, that's that's not that's not easy. No, it's not Cuervo, and that's why I think the Triple Crown is a unique award in baseball. It means that you have a batting eye, so your average is high. And you led the league in home runs. That means you have power. And with the RBIs, that means that you were a run producer. A lot of teams have run producers. A lot of teams have home run guys. And a lot of teams have average. Most of the time, they'll have where they're good at two of the things. Look, a good team has a home run guy and an RBI guy. Same same one. But their average is not there. And Melky Cabrera has had it for a while, and for him to pull off the triple crown, it's yeah, that's uh, not, I mean, I'm sorry, Trout, unlucky, buddy, unlucky, pal. I think you could have had the MVP in almost any other year, but dude, the triple crown is greater. And uh, I'm sorry, Trout, uh, it was a fine, fine season, but that's neither here nor there because he doesn't believe in the sophomore slump. He's been doing very well. Hey, um, Tarvino, you're back. Yes, thank you guys for for carrying on the show without me. I know it's very difficult, you know, to carry on a show without me, right? Oh, it is. I tell you, I was just going on and on and on. Well, I'm I'm nervous. My Auburn tickets are coming FedEx, and they'll be here by noon tomorrow. But, man, if that truck, something happens and it doesn't come, I'm screwed, guys. These are four VIP tickets to the 50-yard line with free food, drinks, and everything. I need those tickets. So you're not, a- you're, you're not able to print them up or anything? They're having some issues with the site right now. And I, and I saw that last week when I was in Auburn. People brought tickets that were printed, and they were all having trouble, and they had to all go to a different line to go through a, about an hour's worth of a process. So I want the physical tickets in my hand. And I feel a lot better. So we'll be heading down to Auburn tomorrow afternoon, and I'm I'm excited. Are you going to take Cujo with you? No, I'm not. Okay. I can sneak him in. I can sneak him in. I bought him a jersey last week, so he has his Auburn jersey ready to go. That's funny. Yeah. But yeah. Roger, you, 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 you never heard of a dog. 
Uh, Arkansas State, Gus Malzahn's team that he won the conference with last year. He left Arkansas State to come to Auburn, and these guys rushed for 600 yards last week. Against who? So, I don't know. It was a bad team, but still, I mean, you run for, it was like Southwestern Arkansas or somebody like that, but still, you rush for 600 yards. That's saying something. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, let's let's hope you get those tickets. I mean, that's kind of it's kind of late to get them, but I mean, hey, I guess you know better, well, better late than never. Well, I, I, wow. I, I sat with a I sat with a common folk last week, and I just didn't like the feeling of, of paying for food and drinks, standing in line to go to the restroom. I mean, I have to be I have to be in the VIP level, guys. I've been spoiled. It's not because that I'm a VIP person. It's just that you you sit 50 yard line club level for a few years and try to go back to the regular seating. It's just very difficult to to understand, I guess. No, I've been there myself. My friend Raymond and I uh, used to always buy field tickets to Dodger Stadium. We always had great seats, and uh, they were reasonable in price. They were more expensive than all the others. I remember when they were ten dollars for field tickets. And we would go there often, and it was great. And now those same field tickets are in the 70s to $100 range for each game, and it's just unbelievable now. And for me to take a family, it's 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 a it's a loan payment, and I just yeah <laughs> no to have those seats, no, I just yeah I I, I can't do that anymore. It's un, it's unfortunate. So yeah, in Atlanta, so, Atlanta, you can go to the game and get. You know, four tickets, four drinks, four hot dogs, and everything for like forty bucks. They have these packages, but they're not yes. field level seats, though. Right, Brian. We have those here too, but they're called nosebleeds, right, Cuervo? And we've sat up there, right? It's frightening up there. <laughs> yeah, it is actually. I've, I've sat pretty high up at Dodger Stadium, and um, I tell you what, though, you know, I, I, there's not many, uh, you know, not many things that can beat a good old underdog. I actually, I admit I enjoyed those. Those those are pretty good hot dogs. Uh, every stadium has its thing. And, guys, you know, we are still young enough that this is what all of us should do. The big dog, me, Cuervo, Sonny, uh, Brian, and if Trey's on with you, we should make it. Once a year, we meet up in a city for the weekend, a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And we catch a game at that particular city. And, uh, you know, that would be cool if we start doing it as early as next year. We could get it done in 30 years, guys. Could you imagine? Hey, I'm up for it. We could start in Chicago. We can start in Atlanta. We can start in, oh, God, why the hell we, uh, Texas. And um, we can start in Southern California, but it's up to you guys. I, I would be willing to head out to either Atlanta or Chicago. Certainly not Texas. Hell no. <laughs> That's, that'd be a good idea. This, I'm going to get to meet Cuervo for the first time this year as well in, really? in Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. Oh, November. well, that's right. Say that again? Cuervo, 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 do you have your ticket? You, you know, I was going to ask one? you about that, how, how that was going to work. Well, I have four, and my wife's going with one of them and, and her sister-in-law. How many do you need? I have you one. 
Oh, yeah. Is your wife going? I'd be by myself. I'd be by myself. Okay, yeah. I'll have you a ticket then. Okay, well, I mean, just let me know what the price is, and uh, let's make that happen. Wow, that's, yeah, that's it, great, guys. It, it won't be VIP because I'm not treated like royalty in Knoxville yet. But, hey, with Coach Lett coming on the show now, Cuervo, what I'm hoping to do is I'm trying to work it out is we can talk to him. He's going to let us meet the team and some of the players, coaches, or whatever, and walk around before the game. That would be big, wouldn't it? Oh, it's big time. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I actually do have a ball, uh, you know, personalized autographed football from Coach Fulmer. Uh, I never got the chance to actually meet him. However, it was a gift uh, when I was deployed uh, overseas for the first time, and I came back and, and it was presented to me. And I just, I was like, I opened, I was like, oh, okay, football. And I turned around and, and I, I see the autograph, and I was like, wow, that's that's pretty awesome. And and you know, I still have that ball though, but it's 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 signed by uh, Coach Philip Fulmer, former former Tennessee coach. He's a great Tennessee coach. So, Roger, are y'all through with baseball? I kind of got in on your conversation. Did y'all have some more to discuss? As a matter of fact, we were discussing it. Uh, I think we covered quite a bit of it. We didn't get into super detail, but we were talking about the playoff runs both in the National and the American. Uh, we did well. Did you want to add anything to that? Because when you were with us, we were doing the National. And when you left okay, us, yeah. you ran over to the wild card. Uh, we're in good shape. We were talking about Boston and Detroit. Oh, well, yeah. Querville and I, you know, Querville threw it out at me because he noticed I did not include the Yankees in the playoff berth. So he said, are you going to crown Boston as the American League ticket? And first of all, you know, other than throwing up in my mouth, uh, I said, I'm not ready to do that. I am willing to crown, just for the sake of argument, I'm willing to crown Oakland as the American League one, just for the conversation. I just think Oakland, they're they're a young team. They're they don't understand pressure yet. I think they have a good chance. They only have one win less than Detroit. The favorite would be Detroit, hands down. Cuervo, could you tell them what you were talking about uh, about the offense of Detroit? Well, I mean, you know, I mentioned it just a little while ago about the the Tigers. You know, and, and all of the major offensive categories, uh, you know, the, the the Tigers are ranked either first or second. And I don't know if that's historic numbers or not, but that's pretty impressive. I mean, you know, you talk about, like, the four major ones. Uh, you know, runs scored, they're second. Uh, batting average, they're first. Offensive percentage, they're second. And slugging percentage, they're second. So I don't know if that's ever happened before, but to be either number one or two, in those four categories, you're doing something right. Oh, definitely. But, you know, the Detroit Tigers are that team. They have Verlander, but he hasn't been what he's been doing, guys. So, so y'all are both saying the Detroit's your favorite right now to win the American League, correct? Mm, no. Cuervo is actually – because I said I would lean to Oakland, and then Cuervo said, but wait a minute, scorekeeper. Uh, what about their offensive numbers and Scherzer? Scherzer is having a mighty fine year, guys. There's a lot to like about Scherzer. And Verlander is just having a pedestrian year this year. Uh, Detroit has enough to do it in the playoffs. And offensively, uh, I'd rather be Detroit than not be Detroit. So yeah. I, I'm, I just have a feeling about Oakland. 
but it, it, if you look at the brutal, the brute numbers, like Cuervo says, yeah, who wouldn't want to be Detroit? Honestly. See, I like Boston. The way they can hit the ball as well. I mean, they scored 729 runs this season. Detroit 707, but the pitching staff for Detroit's better with Scherzer and Verlander in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting, but I'm going to make a bold prediction, guys, that the Yankees end up making the wild card and get into the playoffs. Am I crazy or what? There's a chance. There is a ch- You're not crazy. Okay. I like the Yankees to come back. And, and one thing, one stat that stood out to Ooh, me, Martin. guys, looking at looking at this, the Yankees have scored only five more runs combined than their opponents. And, you look at teams like Boston, they've outscored their opponents by 155 runs. Detroit, 151. Texas, 81. Oakland, 81. But here are the Yankees in a position to make a wild card. They've only outscored their opponents by five runs, Cuervo. I mean, that's amazing, isn't it? I mean, it is. You know, and and that, I think, in my opinion, and I might get blasted for this, but um, – <laughs> That that plays a lot into uh, Mariana Rivera too, and, and what I mean by that is, you know, to only have a, a run differential of five, normally be maybe a 500 team, maybe a few games below, but they're 10 games above 500. So, um, you know, when you have the best closure in the game, though, I mean, it's just the advantage that you have. So, I think I think Mariana Rivera is is playing a big part in in the fact that. You know they're they're ten games above five hundred with only a run differential of of uh, plus five. Earlier, uh, Tarvino, when the Yankees had all the injuries, the scrubs <clears throat> came up, and when the scrubs were playing, they were playing a whole bunch of one run, two run, uh, two run games. And remember, everyone was like, "Wow, the Yankees are still winning." That was, you know that was just the best circumstances. But now that the team is relatively healthy, they're starting to you know, do what they should. But they're still not a huge attack team. They're, you know, they're missing Tashira. They're missing A-Royd. You know, all those guys still hit. And, you know, even though A-Royd is back, they didn't have him for the entire year. So their home run attack is still in question. But look, this team can play. They've got the pitching. But when you compare it to the other guys, no, they can get by. CeCe Sabathia... He's finally having an average to mediocre year, or average to below average year, and that you know, I I will say the guy needs to eat more. Go back to being overweight, dude. Go back. You need to, because being thin, they're lighting you up like a Christmas tree in July, and that's no fun. <laughs> okay, well. <laughs> Th- th- thank you, th- thank you for the delay. Yeah, well, thanks for the delayed chuckle on that one. But yeah, um, the only time that Christmas tree looks good is down in Australia because remember their their winter is during our summer. So yeah, could you imagine that Christmas for them is during the summer months? Ugh. That is good. Yeah, hey, it's cold hey, down Cuervo, there. I have a question. I have a question for you, Cuervo. Are you doing on campus with Cuervo this weekend, or or you just want to? How are y'all going to do it this week? Uh, well, actually, um, Sonny, Sonny's channel is open tonight, so I'm going to probably set something up for later this evening. Uh, yeah, about a two-hour show. Uh, didn't get a chance to talk about the uh, SEC, so we'll go over that real quick. 
and we'll uh we'll pick a BCS championship game. Uh you know, I don't know. Have you have you done all your final predictions on your show, Brian? Yeah. Uh scorekeeper, yeah, well, yeah. if you want to join us, I don't know how much input you have as far as college football is concerned, but if you just want to join in for the conversation, man. I mean, that that, you know, we'd love to have you on. Uh but and I appreciate uh, SEC, that, gentlemen. Yeah, no, I mean, of course. I mean, the more the merrier. You know, we could continue this this expert show, uh, go on campus and uh, pick an SEC winner, pick a national championship game, um, and then break down some of the top games coming up uh, tomorrow. Yeah, that sounds like there, a plan. Yeah, there's a good chance. Um, uh, what time are you guys going to set this up? Because we – uh, Matt Alvarez is going on a little bit. I'm not going to leave you guys. I'm just going to catch him in the second hour. Uh, but uh, tonight we have a program at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Have to show the flag there. Uh, what, when are you guys planning to do this uh, this program on campus with Corval? You said five your time, scorekeeper? Yeah. Okay, so that's seven here. We're going to come on an hour after that. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. So then uh, I will more than likely be there for the entire program, uh, sitting in the chat room or probably calling in live as well. And ladies and gentlemen, for those of you that miss it, I know Brian's giving them some play, but on campus with Cuervo, uh, you know, these guys know college football. There's no doubt about it. And if I may be given a moment, this is what I love about the association that we all have. Think about it. We all love sports. If you want to hear that lame prattle, from ESPN, that sanitized stuff with no real opinions, and apparently when they're drunk, the hatred. If you want to, if you want that stuff, you go to ESPN, you go to Fox, and all that. If you want a real sports fan point of view, that's us right here. And th- th- think about what we talk about. We have baseball, we have basketball, we have football, we have college football, and from time to time, we have cricket. Rugby, we even have NASCAR covered. Where else do you get that, folks? Nowhere. Huh, Cuervo? Nowhere, huh? No. And tennis and golf, too. I, I'm, I'm a golf fan. That's I don't right. Know if anybody else? I mean, a lot of people think the game's boring, but I, I, I like it. I've grown to like it. So uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of golf. Brian, are you a fan of golf? Because I never said that golf is boring. I just said it's not a sport, but that's neither here nor there. I like Tiger Woods. When he plays, I'll watch some. If he's not playing, I don't even bother. (laughs) There is some truth to that. People watch him to lose, man. So either way, Tiger Woods, it's good for the game, huh, Cuervo? It is. I mean, you know, even though he hasn't won a major in, in however many years, people still watch. When he's on, people will watch to see, you know, if he makes that, you know, that run at that next major champion because he's only four away from tying Jack. So, and I believe he's about, what, five years old, something like that. And, I mean, the guy, he still has time. It's just he's running out. So, um, you know, for those that are looking forward to seeing him, uh, break the record. It, it, there's, I mean, he's he he and he knows that he's running out of time. So, uh, you know, that's why people watch every major championship when Tiger's in it because at any given moment, you know, this guy could could sneak up there and and you know steal a steal a championship. 
green jacket, whatever the case may be. And you you know, guys, about Tiger Woods, when he's on the court, even though the other golfers won't admit it, you know their game. We as fans see that. And that's why he's good for the game. Because when Tiger Woods is forward, he's like when you play the name of the kid shows up, you're like, oh, man. You know, it's the way it is. When there's always one player that's above you, everyone takes it up. And Tiger is good for golf. I'm sorry what he went through, but, you know, he had that big chip on his shoulder and he got top of the paid an awful price for what he did. But, you know, he's past it. Good for him. You know, it's done. Yeah, so, guys, anything y'all want to cover before we, we head out of here tonight? It's mm. been enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. the same thing. I mean, uh, nothing specific, Brian. I mean, I want to save all my college football talk for for tonight on campus. So, um, NFL-wise, I mean, you know, we all, we all saw what happened. We all know, you know, witnessed history, if you want to say that. And, uh, you know, we covered all the NFL games. So I, th- I think we, we hit everything we possibly could. Well, i got a, one thing I want to ask. How much time do you have left, Roger, before uh, the program starts? Oh, no, he's on right now. He's on his sports okay. channel. So, no, I, mean, I he's a big boy. Uh, Matt Alvarez can do his own program. Okay, well, I just wanted to bring up, and I want to get your thoughts on this, and, and I've heard it mentioned, a lot of people are talking about, or not a lot of people, but I've been hearing the conversations of removing alcohol sales and alcohol from the stadiums of all sporting events. And I just wanted to to get your thoughts on that, and I'll start with you, Cuervo, just to get your thoughts, because you, you go to a college game. I mean, it can get crazy. I mean, you can see a lot of drunk people out there, and then as soon as the game's over, they're liquored up and they're hitting the interstate going home. Fights break out in the crowds, and I think a lot of it's due to alcohol, and I just wanted to see what you thought about where it belonged in the game, really. Um, yeah. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Brian. You can't go to a college game and buy alcohol in the stadium. Am I right? No, but they bring it in. Well, yeah. I, I, you, you know. Well, I, I guess I guess I guess let's just do this. Let's just do NFL. Let's go NFL. Any professional sporting events now. College, you can go to bowl games. They they serve alcohol. But let's do NFL games, and let's do Major League Baseball and events like that. Professional sports because you know you get a lot of drunk idiots in there. Fist fights break out about every game in every crowd somewhere, and it's usually the guy that drank twelve beers sitting down there during the game. Yeah, well, you know, here's my take. Um, I think, person, like, I personally, I can go to a game and still have a good time without having one drop of alcohol. To me, I mean, you don't have to be liquored up to have a good time. You know, if you're going to truly watch the game and, and, and cheer for the team that you're cheering for, you know, alcohol, alcohol shouldn't matter. Now, that being said, though, do we really think that stadiums are going to stop drinking alcohol? <laughs> they should. I don't think they will, though. That's way too much money losing. So I, I, I think there's no way that that happens. How? But, I mean, I get what you're saying, though, Brian. I, I can go to a game 
without drinking and still have a great time. So, um, you know, unfortunately, I think it's something that, you know, needs to be a little more controlled, maybe stop serving a little bit earlier in games, but to completely get rid of it, that's not going to happen. That's way too much money that they're going to lose. Roger, boo. Oh, wow. Thank you. Um, for me, that's a sensitive subject only because, uh, I guys, I don't drink. Uh, if I go to a social setting, uh, I'm always offered the drink. It, it gets to the point that people wouldn't even offer me because they know I wouldn't drink. So whenever I go somewhere, if I'm going to have a beer, I'm going to have one the minute I arrive, and then that's it. Because I'm the only one that drives in the family. My wife does not drive. So, guys... I can't hold my liquor. I know that, so I'm not going to drink. When I go to a baseball game or basketball game, I don't understand why people drink to excess. I know they're bitter, unhappy, they have no lives, and they're trying to forget about it by going and having a good time and making fools out of themselves. But I've been in the middle of fights at baseball games. They've broken out in front of me, behind me. I'm talking in good seats. And I I just... I, I. I take a dim view. So, in my opinion, they should not have it, but I don't see it being taken away. I do see something happening in the future, so I do see limits. In baseball, I could easily see no beer sold after the sixth inning. Right now, it's the seventh inning in certain stadiums, but I could see them reducing it to the sixth. And I could also see them tightening it up by saying only two drinks and you have to have your driver's license and they run it through the machine. So next time you try to buy a drink, you will not be able to. But that's easy to get around if you have 80 guys with you. But the point is, I see stricter limits, but I don't see it going away. But my opinion is, why do you go to a game to drink? I take a dim view on it. Dim, well, dim the problem view. I have, the problem I have, guys, is what are people that don't drink? I mean, they don't. They want to bring the family. Say, Cuervo, say you're a preacher. You want to take your son, your daughter, your wife, and your family to a ball game. Why do you have to go to the game and be around a bunch of obnoxious drunks using profanity? And that's what it is. You don't see people usually sitting around cussing, yelling, unless they're liquored up and drunk. And I'm telling you, the more I go to sporting events. The more I see, these fans are just stupid, low-life rednecks. I mean, it's it's getting to the point now where I just want to punch all of them. You know, when I go, look, take your take your beer home with you and drink there or stay there. But Cuervo, why would you want to take your family to a game and be around that if you if you have different beliefs? I think you clean it up, you take it out of the game. They can go home, they can do it out in the parking lot. But I just think it would clean up the game a lot people falling from the upper deck and dying because they're so drunk they can't even walk. I just think there's so many problems that come because of alcohol, because everybody can't have one or two drinks and be done. People go there to get trashed and wasted, and it causes problems. Yeah, exactly. And, I mean, like I said, I mean, do, do you know, I went to a, I went to a Cubs game a couple of weeks, or about a month ago. Did I have a couple of beers? Yes, I did. Okay, but I'm not that type that, you know, just drinks and drinks and drinks and drinks and, you know, A, because I've got my wife with me, and B, 
I mean, I want to actually remember game, and I actually want to remember my experience from, for for guys that go and they get you know hammered. It's stupid because you don't even remember the game, and and you know, oh, I was too drunk. I don't even remember what happened after the third quarter. That's a waste of money, in my opinion. If you can't remember the game that paid hundreds of dollars to go to, and you drink so much that you don't even remember it, to me, that's a waste of money. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. Either. What's the point in getting so hammered to the point where you may not even remember a certain part of that game? Stay home. Stay home and do it. You get yeah. a you and you, you don't have to worry about driving anywhere. Yeah. You, you, you know, Tarvino, I, I can't take my family because of that. And I was lucky, and I want to thank him, John D'Ambrosio. His his brother worked at Dodger Stadium for a few years, and I was going to Dodger Stadium regularly. We were having nice seats, the reserve, the club level, and I, I went to the Baseball Classic. I saw the final game, March 29, 2009. I have the ticket right up here. I was seat number 147 LGT1. I was there, and I was surrounded by... Asians everywhere, everywhere, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. I bumped into about 30 people all day, and everyone was, excuse me, or excuse me, or they couldn't say it in English. I could see they were they were saying something in either Japanese or Korean, which was akin to excuse me. I couldn't believe it. I didn't see anyone drinking in the stands except for the brown trash, the black trash, and the white trash. If there was yellow trash, I didn't see them drinking. I couldn't believe it. And guys, well, well, I was... hey, 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 they're too cheap, really, to buy it there. I've seen exactly what you're saying. <laughs> That's the thing. Those guys want to come to that game to enjoy the game. They they watch it. They analyze it. But you're right. Yeah. The trash is what you see with beers mostly. No, I'm not talking about one beer. I'm talking about the guy that stands up and he weighs about 350 pounds of guts hanging over the seat and he can't quit drinking beer. Do you know in in, in in the Baseball World Cup game, there were people that had drums and stuff and they, they were like about a few seats down from us and they realized we were Hispanic. Uh, oh no, my friend John, he's Italian and I'm Hispanic. And he was beating the drum and he looked over to us and he said, so sorry for noise. You know, I'm like, am I in Japan? What the hell? I was shocked. The crowds were so human. I couldn't believe it, guys. Greatest experience of my life. I I thought I was in another land, but I kept looking up. I said, well, this is Dodger Stadium, so I kind of know. Is this a dream? And I couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. It was unbelievable. I would love to see a game over in Japan or Korea because of the way the crowds treat each other. Just couldn't believe it. Well, it's called respect, and it's called class. And, and, and Cuervo, I haven't been to many NFL games, but what what is your experience when you go to an NFL game with the drinking and the crowd violence compared to a college game, the people that are drinking a lot before the game, the all day, and then sneaking it in there? What difference do you see? Well, I've, I've, been, to, I've been to both. I've been to one uh, game. I've been to a couple of Tennessee games. Um you know, what I've noticed is, you know, the uh, – well, first of all, you know, it was in two different places. You know, I think it's about location, too. It's about the way people act. 
and it's about the way, um, you know, just the fans are. You know, in Chicago, you know, people here, they're, you know, they get pretty rowdy. Uh, you know, it's 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 an. I noticed it was a lot older of people in the crowd, uh, <laughs> a lot of a lot of older guys. And you're right, you know, people in Chicago, you got a lot of you got a lot of big dudes here. Um, you know, they talk about uh, you know, the the skits with Polish sausage and Ditka and all that. It's true. Like that that's that's our that's our thing here is you know deep dish pizza, hot dogs and you know, the bear. Those are like the the top three things in the city. So you know, you got a lot of big in Chicago, and they can drink a lot. So, I noticed there's a lot of older, you know, an older crowd, extremely drunk, and rowdy. Not exactly, just a lot of talking. So, you know, if you could tolerate the yelling and the t- and, and stuff like that, I mean, you're at a football game. So, what do you? What do you? People aren't going to just sit and be quiet. It's not the. It's not the opera. So, you want to go to a place and, and it's quiet, then go to an opera. But that you know, or go to to some sort of musical because you go to a football game, it's not going to be quiet. Tennessee game when I was there in Knoxville, you know, obviously it, it was more about the game itself, and I think that's the difference between college and uh, and the pros is, you know, especially especially in the South, Brian, you know just as well as I do, you know, you're there, you're there to cheer your team on, and. Um, you know, and it was a younger crowd, so they were more into the game itself than worried about, well, you know, how many beers have I drank or, you know, whatever. So that, I think that's the difference that I saw. And, um, you know, it's just the, the passion, the passion of college football is a lot different from NFL. Well, I want to give you a little story real quick, guys, if you have a moment. But funny story, it involves Cuervo's volunteers, uh, Roger. So, uh I was in the Auburn game back probably 10 years ago, whatever, and I don't know if you remember Cuervo, the game where we won 28-21. to 21. It might have been Ainge was your quarterback back then, and y'all threw a pick towards the end of the game in Auburn, and we sealed it up. Y'all were driving to tie it up. And this Tennessee guy that's been over there drinking liquor all night, he's in the Auburn section. As soon as that interception took place, he pulls his private out, and he starts pissing everywhere. Now, this is a guy doing this in the South, in Alabama, and it was about, within 10 seconds, we had about five people just kicking the crap out of this dude. I mean, just beating him, the security guards and everything. But uh, there's one example that sticks out of my mind, Cuervo, when I think of someone drinking a lot, being somewhere they shouldn't be, really. Did I lose Cuervo? Uh oh, did we? No, I'm not guys. Know. I hit the mute button. I'm sorry. Um, you know, that was a guy that was beyond his limit. And you know, I think that might be another thing that stadiums could do is um, you know, if they if they if they think somebody might have a little too much to drink before entering the stadium, give them give them some sort of breathalyzer and you know, see what their alcohol content is. You know, when it comes to professional games if if they're if they're already drunk to begin with i mean that's like that's like serving somebody at a bar that's already drunk i, I mean 
you know, yeah, you want to make the money at the same time. If something happens, then you know they're gonna they're gonna look at that. They're gonna look to that bartender. Why'd you keep serving him? So you know, stadiums could start becoming liable for that. Yeah, and well, guys, I, I'm telling wait, you, I don't I don't care who you are. If you're an Auburn fan and I'm in the stadium, Cuervo, Roger, whoever, and you're an Auburn fan, you do something disrespectful, you know, I'm going to knock you out. I mean, I'm just going to take care of business. I remember I was at the Iron Bowl, guys, with my wife. Her first Iron Bowl, and, and we beat Alabama that game and everything, but during the game, this guy reaches back and grabs my wife's leg. And, and it's just a matter of a, a couple of seconds, this guy's no more. You know, I mean, that's how quick it can happen. I don't give a damn. And, and the problem was, his buddy says, how could you do that to an Auburn fan? He's an Auburn guy. And I said, I don't really care who he is. You lay your hands on my wife, and they tried to make an excuse. Oh, he had too much to drink. Well, that's your problem, not mine. And and I'm just telling you guys, alcohol is the reason for a lot of trouble. I bet crime and everything, people getting arrested at games would go down 95% if alcohol was removed. And, guys, we have uh, – I think we have Jonathan on the line real quick before we go. Jonathan, what's up, buddy? How y'all doing tonight, man? Oh, hey, good, Jonathan. Man. How are you, buddy? It's been a little while, man. How you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing good, Roger. So sorry I haven't been able to call into your show, but I work Saturday mornings now. Actually, I work pretty much all day Saturday, and it, it makes me cry. And my DVR is full when I get home from work. Um, but I was calling in because I heard alcohol and I heard football and it it just sounded like a great time. And next thing you know, as soon as I got my plan formulated, Cuervo decides to pipe up with the whole, well, bars can be liable for over serving a patient. Why can't stadium? Thanks yeah. for stealing my idea, Cuervo. That really hurts my feelings. Oh, welcome back. That's what I do, Jonathan. Nah. Uh, you guys know you guys know I had to come and swing a little. Brian's been taking pot shots on, at me uh, Wednesdays and Sunday nights. Oh, well, then I know you've been busy Better because put... I've been taking pot shots at you, too. <laughs> what a punk ass. Oh, heck yeah. Because people have been saying, so where's Brian? Or, I'm sorry, where's Jonathan? I'm like, I don't know. You know, I think he has a girlfriend now, so he dumped us. <laughs> Well, I I I I I am seeing a lady, but um, yeah, that doesn't I'm, 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 I'm glad I'm glad you're seeing a lady, John. Oh, <laughs> oh, Brian, you know I missed you. Morning. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's here. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm standing outside my buddy's restaurant, and I am seeing the best lightning storm I've ever seen. So if it is like this tomorrow morning, I will be able to call in and um be able to talk to you guys about the wonderful, oh, there's another strike, about the wonderful weekend of football that we are looking at. Opening weekend of the NFL, Peyton Manning gets his cap, you know, gets it all started with seven touchdowns. You know, last time I checked, Joe Montana, Tom Brady, uh, you know, Johnny Unitas, those guys never threw seven touchdowns. And college football week two, Georgia-South Carolina, the last Notre Dame-Michigan game for we don't know how long, I don't know about you guys, but God damn, on this football yeah. season. Yeah, I did. I did too. And I have those recording. I'll be in Auburn. But Jonathan, last week you went three and zero with your college predictions. What do you have this week for us? Anything big? Any your top three locks of the week? 
Um, if I was gonna sit on three games this week for you, I would say Stanford is playing San Jose State this week. And San Jose State won last week. I can't remember I think they were playing Sacramento State or somebody of that uh, sort. And they, and they play Stanford in Palo Alto this week. The spread in that game is 26.5 points. Just want to throw that out there and let you all know that Stanford won by three last season. This game is going to be close. San Jose State has got a fantastic quarterback, a really good receiving core, and they've already got things ironed out after last week, unlike Stanford, who this is their first game of the season. Watch that game. It's a 10-30 game. It's going to be a blast. I'm going to say Stanford, but it's going to be a doozy. You're going to, you're not going to want to turn this one off, just like the Ole Miss Vanderbilt game. So, so are you um, giving 26 or taking 26? Oh, I'm taking the points on this one. I, I, mm, oh, God. Okay. You, you really think I'm going to take 26 and a half Stanford? Come on. I got. I got. I got to take my boys from the San Jose State. I got the blue and yellow Spartans. I. I, I don't. I, I. think they keep it close. I'm thinking ten points, guys. How's that sound? Uh, sounds good. Who else you like? I got another game that might pique your interest, and I know this is going to pique most of the nation's interest. It's the noon game on Saturday. It's the interstate rivalry that really the last time we saw these two opponents play was quite one-sided. I don't know. You might remember the quarterback for the team. I think his name is uh, the second coming of Jesus, Tim Tebow. Florida and Miami. Now, Florida's favored by three points going into this weekend. And a lot of people are picking Miami. I picked Miami Wednesday night. I'm amending those picks tonight. I'm taking Florida. Florida will win by at least seven. This is a this defense will be way more way too physical for Miami guys. They're not ready for this. Stephen Morris isn't ready. Florida's the pick this week. Okay. What's your third one? My third game. This is going to catch y'all by surprise, but the game of the week. Now, not not the college game day game of the week. But the real game of the week, number five against number 11. South Carolina traveling to between the hedges to face Georgia. If I'm going to lean away, I'm leaning Georgia's way. Now, the, the line is three and a half. So, if you can set up a teaser, that's the best way to go. But I'm telling you right now, Georgia has the urgency. They have the playmaking ability. And they have the home field advantage to finally take down Steve Spurrier in South Carolina. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that that pick right there. Georgia, a huge pick this weekend. I like him a lot. And we're going to talk about that on Cuervo's show tonight later. Um, Cuervo, what do you think about his pick? I like him. I like. I mean, I would love to see Miami uh, beat Florida. I just, I just don't think the, you know, I don't think the U is ready yet for – for uh, Florida, give them a couple more years, and uh, you know they might. Be, I mean, if they ever play again, then you know, my, you know, Miami <laughs> might beat them in a few years. But um, you know, I, I think I think Florida wins this game as well. And then I like the Georgia pick too. You know, you talk about. I believe it's a night game, is it not? So that really sets it up, for dogs. And they're probably pissed off that they lost to Clemson last week. So 
Yeah, I'll take. I'll definitely take Georgia. And if I can throw you a bone, Brian, I've been hearing a lot of rumors, and I have some friends who are saying Arkansas State's going to beat Auburn out outright. Now I checked this morning; the bre- the line has dwindled down to ten and a half. I don't know what's going on, but I think Auburn covers. I think Auburn wins by at least two touchdowns, if not more. Whatever accuracy issues Nick Marshall had last week with uh, his receivers, maybe it was timing, maybe it was jitters, whatever it was, I don't think Arkansas State's on the same playing field as Washington State. I think Auburn wins somewhere in the neighborhood around 38-21. to 21. Yeah, I think Auburn's a team that I think people are looking at Arkansas State being what they did last year. They're looking at Auburn you know, one by seven this week, and they saw the line at 14, a three and nine team last year. I think Auburn is going to run the ball a lot. And I know Arkansas State ran for 600 yards last week, but trust me, they won't run for uh, probably over 150 tomorrow. If they're, if they're lucky, they'll get that. I think Auburn's going to continue to get better, and I think Nick Marshall's going to continue to get better, and they're going to open it up more. But I still don't think they're going to unleash it tomorrow night. I think they're going to wait for Mississippi State the week after. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Auburn will put up 40. And I was, I was close last week, but that touchdown that was called back and several pick sixes dropped prevented them from mm-hmm. doing that. But I think Arkansas State's going to score too. I think Auburn looks like this year they're going to play more aggressive, but they do keep things in front of them. I like Auburn. I buy it down, Jonathan, to 10 from ten and a half, and I take it there if I'm going to take it. I like Auburn at home. It's a night game. Uh, the players got the jitters out, you know, all the expectations. The fan was, fans were pumped up. I'll be at that game on the 50-yard line, so they better cover. Oh, well, I, they better in Cuervo, a little bone your way. Tennessee at home against Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky, I, I don't know if you want to call it an upset, but they beat Kentucky 35-26 to 26 last week. Now, last time I checked, my spread's at 13-and-a-half. That does seem a little out there, a little high. I don't know if I want to gamble with that. I would I would consider taking Western Kentucky if I'm going to bet the spread because I think Western Kentucky is going to play their hearts out. Antonio Andrews is a really good running back, and this Western Kentucky team has a really good coach from Bobby Petrino. But this is Tennessee, folks. This is not Kentucky. Tennessee is athletes. They have ball players, and they have a freshman receiver named Marquez North, who I think is ready to shine this week. He's gonna make, he is gonna be the go-to guy. I think Tennessee wins this game, but it's gonna be close. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I, go ahead, Brian. I like Tennessee big in this one, guys. I mean, I just think that just the talent alone. And, and when I look at that, I mean, look, Western Kentucky has Bobby Petrino. They they have a good coach, trust me. But I like I like Jones better right now with the talent he has around him. This is in Rocky Top. They realize that after this game, that this schedule gets brutal. So they have to mm-hmm. make the fans fans feel good in this one. They have to get all the confidence they can. And if they can win it by 40, they're going to win it by 40 because the coach understands they have to have confidence heading into Oregon. If they come in there and don't cover against Western Kentucky, it's going to be hard to get that confidence to go on the road to Oregon. So I'm looking at a blowout right here by Tennessee. 
Uh, it's just too much talent on that field to get to, to get them heading into Oregon with some confidence. Anything else will be a total disaster right now for Tennessee. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I think this problem for Tennessee in this game tomorrow is going to be the fact that they're not thinking about Western Kentucky. They're thinking about we got to go to Eugene next week. We got to play Oregon. We got to play that fast offense. Oregon, Oregon, Oregon. That's all they're thinking about. Guys, you still got a game to play before that with Western Kentucky. The you know, the the typical, you know, looking ahead uh you know uh, how, how do you how, what's I'm looking for yeah, when I, I, when you look ahead of an opponent. Uh when mm-hmm. when you're not paying yeah, when you're not paying attention to who's next on your schedule and you're thinking about the next big game. So, you know, Coach Jones is gonna have to you know, keep his guys in line and tell them, look, don't think about Oregon. We got to think about Western Kentucky. Once this game is over, then let's prepare for Oregon. So I think this is, you know, this has all the makings of, of a letdown game just because I think they might, you know, be looking ahead. And you know what? If we were in their shoes, guys, you got to really, yourself. you really can't help it because, this is Oregon. This is in, you know, top you know, top five team in the country. So uh but you know, Coach Jones is gonna have to find a way to uh get those players to not let them think about that game. Yeah. Well guys well guys have to cut it off right here, Jonathan. Uh they're gonna have, we're gonna have on campus for Cuervo tonight. Can you join us? I won't be able to be the whole time, but Oh well, I mean it's it's Friday night. The high school's playing a road game about an hour away, so I'm naturally not making that drive. I will be there tonight, guys. All right, cool. Well, Cuervo, I want to thank you for coming on and and on campus with Cuervo tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern. Uh, catch it on Block Talk Radio and also Roger's show in the morning, Sports Talk with the guys, NDB Media. There, catch them at 9 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning. Uh, they're going to get you started, and Sonny's going to come on the couch potato here. With that being said, are y'all doing? Uh, excuse me. That being said, Sunday, right, Cuervo? Um, well, I don't know. If, I don't know if Sonny's going to want to do anything after sports talk with the guys tomorrow. However, on Sunday, with it being Week One, we are going to start our show at ten. Excuse me, ten thirty Eastern, just in case we need that extra half an hour. So normally we do two hours. But we're gonna we're gonna start half an hour early, you know, just in case we have a lot of people on the panel um, and whatnot. So uh, we're gonna start 10:30 Eastern time on Sunday morning. Okay, I just wanted to let everybody know that Jonathan, thanks for joining us, and and Roger had to drop off. Thanks for joining us again. We had fun today, Cuervo. We'll see you tonight, bud. Take care. Okay, you too, Brian. Thanks for having me on, and uh, I hope. You know, uh, Jonathan, I'll talk to you later. Uh, Hopefully you can come back on. All right. We'll see you guys.